This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Mark, last night you mentioned something about uh, why democracy will never work, five reasons. Uh, Hopefully you can pull that up because I I think it'd be fun to uh, to go through those. Obviously, we already know that democracy is a really bad idea. It's two wolves and a sheep deciding on dinner. And yet uh, we're told that it's the best system in the world. Yeah, people will, will say that, uh, you know, that, that our system is the best system in the world. And I don't know that that's an incorrect statement. When I look at, think, I think about other systems and I don't, you know, may, maybe it is the best system in the world. But it doesn't mean that it's not broken. It's like a leopard, uh, you know, a leopard telling some guy with uh, throat cancer, ha, 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 I've only got leprosy. And, you know, I, it, it not not so impressive. You know, in a while back, I remember hearing one of the scholars from the Mises Institute even arguing that, that a benevolent uh, um, monarchy is actually better than a democracy because at yeah. least a monarchy... Uh, is that Jeffrey Tucker? He, yeah, he owns all the land, so he doesn't have any incentive to, to uh, slash and burn and, and, and steal from it. Whereas in a democracy, you have a new crop of crooks every four or eight years or whatever who come into power, and then they loot the system, and then the next group come in and do it because they don't really own... The resources of the government, so they just want to steal as much as they can. Right, and you know some kings are worse than others as sure. far as their violence uh, or their you know, predilection toward violence. And we're, and we're not advocating monarchy. We're just saying that sometimes monarchy is more desirable than, than even democracy. Yeah, I wouldn't advocate monarchy, monarchy for a second, but it does. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the arguments are there that it, in some ways, is better than democracy. Um, you know, people would call democracy great. And here's. The five reasons humanity is terrible at democracy. From crack.com. From crack.com. Number five. <clears throat> this is a countdown, everybody. Uh, <laughs> our opinion on an issue is based on how it's worded. In the middle of the heated healthcare debate in 2010, the anchors at Fox News got a memo from the bosses telling them to stop referring, start referring, excuse me, to the Democrats' plan as government run health insurance rather than use the term public option, which everyone else was using. Why? Because CBS and NBC both ran polls showing that when you call it the public plan, up to 75% of the people are in favor. After all, everybody likes public parks, public libraries, etc. It's a friendly word. Mm -hmm. But when polls inserted the word government, support plummeted to 43%. Mm. The exact same plan. Mm -hmm. You know, the same way that a lot more people brought canola oil after they changed the name from Rape rapeseed oil. oil. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was called rapeseed. Eh? Yes, you know. that's what it is. It, it's Canola is made from the rapeseed. Interesting. Likewise, only 34% <laughs> of Americans say they strongly support homosexuals in the military, but a majority, 51%, strongly support gay men and lesbians ser- uh, serving in the military. Hmm. That's right. You can increase the strongest support by a third simply by avoiding the word homosexual. The strongly opposed groups goes down by a third. And people wonder why I get concerned over folks calling themselves anarchists as opposed to something uh, without baggage attached to it, yeah. like voluntarist. Yeah. Well, I can see why some people choose to use that word. They've, they're probably getting used to the idea themselves. They're trying to be as honest as they can with themselves. I or see something. why, but I'm... <laughs> But that words mean things to yeah, people. They do. But Mark, that's a perfect example of what's also wrong with democracy in the sense that 
it's 51% ruling over the other 49% at gunpoint. And it's a mob. It's really a mob mentality. And whoever can most skillfully manipulate the, the mob is going to come out ahead. So if you can use different words to make the mob feel good, then you, your 51% is intact or, or more, yep. and then you get what you want. And it's, it's kind of um, uh, tyrannical. Yeah. I think that uh, one calling oneself an, self an, an anarchist or a, or a, uh, a a cannibal or a pedophile, they obviously, they're nuts. I mean, it would be insane to uh, use those terms. Those are derogatory terms. Especially Indeed. if you get arrested for, for going to the bathroom on the side of the road and then you get caught by a cop and sex you become offender, a sex offender, right. which, of course, people will transition. Yeah, yeah you must be a, pedophile. be a pedophile. Right. So, you know, this is how people operate with these with this terminology. Anyway, you could do this. Back to the cracked article here. You can do this with virtually any issue. Try it if you don't mind ruining your opinion of the uh, voting public. Ask us if a public worker union should be able to negotiate for their pay, and people say yes. Change the word to ask if they should be able to negotiate for higher pay, and opinion turns against them. (laughs) What did the first bunch think workers were negotiating for? Lower pay? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Probably not. They probably thought nothing about the issue at all until the moment that they were asked. We can't. Yeah, that's likely true. Yeah. We can't be educated on every issue. And the don't know option in a poll makes us sound like morons. So the respondent's brain probably just slapped together an opinion based on how the question made him feel Mm -hmm. at the moment. Remember that in most surveys, the most common unspoken answer is always whatever it takes to get you off the phone, buddy. My burrito is getting cold. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. So um, the, 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 the number five reason, let me reiterate it, why uh, people are terrible at democracy is our opinion on an issue is based on how it's worded. On to number four. Watching the news actually makes us stupider. But before you go, I mean, let's <laughs> let's let's dig a little bit deeper, deeper into this issue. The, the, the point being that the people who believe in the concept of democracy you know, they would say that, well, you know, this isn't democratic enough. We need everybody making decisions on everything. So from the kind of the democratic uh, viewpoint or from the I guess that's not the right term, but for for those who support democracy in full uh, from their viewpoint, they want everyone to be educated enough on these issues to make these decisions. Hence the desire for democracy. The impossibility, yeah. the Im- absolute impossibility that people could do this, you know, that the idea the government uh, that, that we would have, I mean, the tomes and tomes of of law books that are out there somehow everybody's got to be good enough on that issue that we can discuss these things i mean whether or not beekeepers should get subsidies whether you know what what the implications are of ethanol fuel right and uh, the idea that you think that uh representatives so-called are going to be any better at yeah. making these decisions is also ludicrous yeah, sometimes the in fact very often the representatives are more clueless than the constituents yeah so don't 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 think that we're all of a sudden pumping up the republic here by attacking uh democracy they're both really poor systems of, uh, of organization. In fact, the only solution is to not have a system and instead have the free marketplace and let people decide for themselves. That's uh, the ultimate to... form of decentralization. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when it, when you do do that, then you will see how things self-organize. The government has very little to do with, say, the uh, the stocking of shelves, uh, food, getting food from farmers to shelves. Right. And the grocery store situation, but somehow we all eat. It all manages to get there very nice and orderly with price tags and uh, well-stocked and yeah, that's so on right. and so forth. And it goes back to the story in the 80s before the Soviet Union broke up. One of the government officials from, from the Soviet Union was here in New York at a, at a big dock area. And, and they were, it, was, it was a food distribution uh, warehouse, huge one in New York. 
And he said, well, who, who runs this? And they said, nobody. And he just couldn't believe, he couldn't conceptualize. What does that mean, nobody? I mean, well, in a, other words, it, it, it was self-organizing. Is, yeah. I think, this I think is more he, like a marketplace. Yeah, it was a, it was a marketplace. Oh, I see. Okay. When you, when you say food distribution center, I'm thinking like a, a grocery store warehouse yeah, or something. It's, not, like that. It, it's more like a marketplace where people, you know, the, the fish, when the fishmongers come out, hey, I got fish here. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah, go yeah. through that kind of thing. That's, that's the, the situation. And nobody organizes that. Also, something you need to know is prior to the communist rev- revolution in the Soviet Union, they were a net exporter of grain mm-hmm. only Boy, government changed. can screw that up they 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 were importing grain their people were starving and they had to import grain from the united states and it, how yeah. is that yeah and it wasn't until they actually allowed the people to have their own gardens and grow some of their own food that they were able to close that gap right yeah. so in the free marketplace the people with the i guess skin in the game are the ones making the important decisions on whatever the issue is whatever issue we're talking about here whether it's how to run a grocery store or how to get a product from point a to point b it's only the people that that have an interest in those things that are having to make those choices and sometimes they'll make the wrong choice and the marketplace will punish them for making the wrong choice by lowering their profits or lowering their sales so adjust quickly or you know consumers will will complain and yeah well if they don't adjust quickly Wayne then they'll be replaced by some organization or a competitor that uh, that will do the adjusting and I, you know I have some friends who who might be considered on the left who will say well you know you guys want the free market to do everything we're not talking about the Republican free market where you have a bunch of your corporate buddies oligopolize everything right. and the little guy can't compete we're not talking about that we're talking about individuals more coming up. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand, featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything that's on your mind. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. Uh, By the way, the website features include stuff like our Shrine of Female Listeners with the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they're listeners of this program. Shrine.freetalklive.com will get you there. Uh, That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And by the way, the Free Talk Live uh, website also has a bunch of archives which are brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free and easy-to-use site builder tools and templates. They've got more than 4,500 templates, whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website. You let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. If you use that portal that we've created for you, hostgator.freetalklive.com, not only will you get the 99.9% uptime guarantee, the 45-day money-back guarantee, and the 24-7 technical support, but you'll also get your first month completely free. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com. All right, so we're going to continue the five reasons why democracy will never work. We've got four more to go. We'll get to that here in a moment, uh, but let's go to your phone calls first and talk to Jeremy listening in Australia. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. 
Oh, hello. It's just um, last night on the podcast. I was just listening to last night's podcast, and you're talking about a little bit about atheism, just in a brief clip. Um, and Meg asked for proof that there is no God before she could, you know, uh, that she would never become an atheist because no one would ever be able to prove that there was no God. Mm-hmm. And I uh, just had a little bit of a question on that. If someone can't prove that there are no leprechauns or that there are no unicorns, is that... I mean, I used to be an agnostic for many years after about seven years of fundamentalist Christian myself, and uh, I didn't want to be as hard-lined on being an atheist as I was a Christian, uh, but then I just realized I don't believe in God. It doesn't matter whether there's proof that there's no God or not. If I don't believe in God, that means I'm an atheist. There you go. You see where I'm... Yeah. I get it. I mean, I... I see where you're coming from. I mean, clearly, somebody that makes a claim, it's their requirement uh, to prove that particular claim. If you claim there is a unicorn, then it's up to you to prove that the unicorn exists. Um, clearly, so I'm not by- saying there's no proof that there. I'm not saying that there is proof that there's no God. Just that there's no proof that there is one. No, there's but- no, there's no proof either either way. Um, uh, that there is this, you know, monotheistic uh, daddy god in the sky looking down upon everybody. So is However, athe- is atheism then the belief? The, is the belief that there is no god? Agnosticism is the belief that one can't prove one way or the other. The agnostics so, don't know. Maybe you can be both, but I think cause the atheists have I, taken I don't a firm. Yeah, I don't I know, but I'm an atheist. Both. I don't think you can. Be I, both. I don't know, but I'm an atheist because. Um, no, I don't I, think that. I think uh, that, that atheism. I think that atheism means a lack of belief in God rather than um, a belief that there is no god. I think that, that, I that seems, it seems like a functional uh, definition to me. I mean, I... but anyway, that doesn't really. The, what I was really wanting to get into, Mark, you asked why and uh, why there are atheist evangelists. Well, yeah, evangelists. before you go on with that that point about yeah. the evangelical uh, atheists, uh, the definition according to dictionary dot com of atheism is the doctrine or belief that there is no God. So it takes a very okay. definite stance against the concept of God. Now, what concept that means, I don't know. Like for instance. I'm a panentheist, so I don't believe in this kind of uh, separated daddy god that's sitting in the sky looking down and judging everybody. I believe that everything, if you want to use the term, is God. Um, and I can't prove that because, well, <laughs> you know, everything is God by my belief system. Um, so, like, okay, there's everything, and I think that that's God. So that doesn't mean that it's separate from us, uh, that it's judging us. It's not the kind of the same God that we're used to talking about when uh, when the term God is uh, is used. So I don't even know how yeah, that even fits into this conversation an, it, it's very interesting to be both an individual like a an individualist and a pantheist so well, the, yeah, the because it's a, it's, it's a dichotomy um so like on yeah. one hand we're all individuals but on the other hand we're all still inseparable parts of uh, of all that is and i think so why can't you say we're in iraq or we're in afghanistan killing people if we're all god well, I see where I see where you're coming from. Um, in that case, you know, we would also be a forest as well. And it's just it's there's there's use to separating people. Um, it's uh, you know I am an individual an individuation of all that is. Like my consciousness is separate from yours, um, but ultimately we all are connected. But that doesn't mean that we are doing those things. Uh, we have chosen not to. We have that ability to make those free choices. Yeah. Well, anyway, so as far as um, spreading atheism, I have a—I don't want to be an atheist evangelist because I used to be a Christian evangelist, and 
Um, I don't want to be that annoying person that's getting in everyone else's business and telling them what to believe. Sure. But at the same time, when I see, um, because I was a Christian on Facebook, a lot of my friends um, are our old high school friends that are constantly posting um, evangelical things. And I have a hard time not jumping in and saying things um, because I was trapped in that, and I feel like I, um, I'm a much more free person now that I'm not constantly feeling guilty all day, every day, about having normal human emotions, about lusting and things like that, um, that are obviously biological, normal things, and Christians are all day, fundamentalist Christians anyway, are all day, every day, feeling like scum of the earth, guilty people, and, and I want everybody to be free of um, not just governments, but of just things that aren't reasonable. Well, I think there's a, I think there's a difference between I'd like to jump in on that. If sure, I you may. Uh, but I think there's a difference between having somebody post something on like your Facebook wall about Jesus and evangelizing. Not on my you. wall. Just when I see their statuses and things that are. I see. So you uh, are jumping I want to in. Jump in and, and, and get into a debate, and I try as hard as I can just to stay out of it. But well, Jeremy, uh, let, me, time, let, let like, me hop in uh, here for a second because I feel I, I I feel similarly as you. Although I am not an atheist, I I don't like that that old Christian religion for me was damaging. I had the same feelings that you're talking about, um, you know, where I felt guilty for being just normal. And the Bible's full of stuff that will, uh, you know, make you feel guilty for the person that you are. And uh, you know, I so I tend to want to do the same things you do. Generally, I I hold back and. One of the reasons is is I, did I'm sure people tried to intervene with you and how successful was that? Were you really truly, um, you know, did somebody intervene and, and actually convince you, or did you convince yourself over time of atheism, of yeah. whatever it is, uh, you know, whatever that yeah. got you out of the cycle of uh, the the abuse of Christian religion that well, you believe that you were in? That uh, it was, um, you know, obviously what you're saying is I felt like I just said it on my own. But clearly there would have been things that people said along the way all that time. And so that's where I feel like, oh, maybe if I just make one little comment, they might just get upset and angry at me now, but it might stick in the back of their brain somewhere. And five years from now it might affect, you know, they might not just dogmatically believe everything their pastor tells them or something. Well, where do you draw the line? And, and thanks for the call tonight, Jeremy. I appreciate the discussion. Where do you draw the line? At, at what point are you an evangelical atheist? Is it when you're simply responding to a Christian's overtly Christian post that is a friend of yours on Facebook? Or is there more that you need to do to be, be an evangelical atheist? I mean, is it, is it evangelical to simply talk about your beliefs and to respond to people who are initiating a conversation about them? I don't think so. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and we invite you to our website, freetalklive.com. News updates are there. 
You get signed up, we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. Uh, you can follow it via email, follow our updates via email or Twitter or Facebook. They're all free, of course, news.freetalklive.com. In fact, I sent out an update today, as a matter of fact, announcing the archives from this past weekend's Agora IO, the unconference that was, I would say, a smash hit, an incredible success. And it, it certainly exceeded my expectations, and I was very glad to see that it was very well attended while uh, people were giving their presentations live. Dozens of uh, liberty-oriented folks from around the country were presenting on various different topics, and a couple of Free Talk Live hosts were also presenting. Myself uh, doing a presentation on pirate radio, and our very own Stephanie Murphy from the occasional Sunday show for, uh, that we call She Talk Live. Uh, she also gave a presentation as well, and so I put links to those in a news update, and people that are signed up for those receive them at news.freetalklive.com. And if you want to see the Agora IO unconference, you can just go to Agora. Dot io, A-G-O-R-A dot io, and then there's an archives link in the, the upper menus there, and that'll give you the whole list of all the different speeches uh, that were done, which there were a bunch of them. A lot of good topics, great speakers. Uh, so, Mark, we're going to get back into the discussion here in a moment, but first. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. All right, so 800-259-9231 is the number here. We'll get back into the democracy conversation uh, here in a little bit, but I don't think we're quite done with the evangelical atheist topic. Jeremy uh, brought that up here again tonight. And I'm just wondering, where do you draw the line on what is considered evangelical atheism? What Jeremy was describing was that his Christian friends on Facebook will post occasionally to their Facebook wall about their Christian beliefs. And because he's their friend, he has the ability to respond to those posts and He's an atheist, and so he responds to them in the hopes that maybe some of the things he'll say will sink in over time, and maybe they will get away from you know this controlling organized religion of which they may be a part. And he's doing it out of concern for, uh, I guess, his friends, well-being, what he considers to be a better path in life. And I can see why he might consider that to be evangelical atheism, but that just seems to be more like a conversation – with friends about religion. I don't think that that necessarily puts you in the camp of being evangelical. But then when we went to break, Mark, you described a man here in, in Keene, New Hampshire, who goes around in public and hands out business cards that say your, his name and then your friendly neighborhood atheist on them. And this this is like his talking point. This is the thing that he does in his retirement age. I don't know. Maybe he's been doing it for decades. I've, I've never had the chance to meet him personally. Uh, but you said that, that you have. And so that seems evangelical, right? Like to actually well, go the, out and to initiate. He's the end of it. I mean, there's people that stand on street corners um, preaching the gospel, but you know, you don't call just them evangelicals either. They're the end of it. I'd say if you respond to someone's Facebook post and that's just their status update, mm-hmm. um, that that you're being somewhat evangelical. The reason, for one thing, it is not a an effective form of communication. All you have to do is spend a little time in, in uh, online forums to realize that it's remarkably difficult to convince someone uh, that their that their stance is in any way flawed 
through this sort of back oh, and forth, uh, you know, exchange written online. If you want to do that with, if you want to have an intervention with someone, the best way to do it is to let the conversation come up sort of, uh, you know, uh, organically between mm-hmm. you and them face to face. Make sure the whole time that you understand that they understand that you care about them. Mm-hmm. If you show them that you think they're funny. If you, uh, you know, the, that they're, you know, laughing, that you're laughing at their beliefs, if you uh, show them that you, uh, you know, you're, you're smarter than they are, that you're, you know, scornful towards their, their intelligence, if you are scornful towards their uh, experiences, spiritual or otherwise, you're going to have no luck. Like, this isn't how you convince someone of anything. You've got to get in their world and feel things from the way they feel them in order to be able to talk to them about anything, whether that thing is liberty or religion or whatever. Mm. I admit it. I'm going to come right out and say it. I like to screw with Christians. (laughs) I like it because I believe that the uh, religion itself, the doctrine is so convoluted and contradictory and messed up that it's... It's fun to go ahead and do those things. Does that make you an evangelical panentheist or Quaker? I try to not do it because in the past I I have seen what it does. It pisses people off. It's like throwing mud at them. They Mm -hmm. they don't want it. They don't react well. Now, you you consider yourself a Quaker now, right? I'm a Quaker. Okay, so what about Quakerism uh, appeals to you that where where Christianity, the way you worshipped or or thought before, didn't? Well, um, so Quakerism isn't really a religion, so I can't talk about the tenets of it. But um, Quakerism is a, a set of, you know, say, uh, beliefs. There's, a, there's some testimonies, honesty, simplicity, um, you know, the these things, uh, peace, these things really appeal to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good to be honest, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good to be peaceful. Right. Indeed. It, you know, and they keep it things, simple. Yeah. They, 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 in, very much so. Yeah. And it's a direct relationship between you and God and not a whole bunch of uh, rules. And middlemen. Yeah. And saints. And middlemen middle and rules is what uh, really bothers me about uh, the, the Christian religion. You know, it also, uh, there's a lot of atheists I know who are, who are extreme statists. So in a way, I see it as them just changing one God for another, a God they can see versus one they can't see. You know, some mm. people worship money. Their whole life is about making more money, yep. and that's what they worship. So some something... people worship America, and it's interesting <laughs> yeah. that they they have this sort of you know God loves America. So they 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 encapsulate God and America together in this right. kind of one true religion thing, and it's sort it's really just nationalism. Yeah, culture, American culture. Yeah, yeah. it's gross. It is, but you know, government has an interest in making people atheists in the sense that they want to fill the void and become your god. It could be. Look at the a lot of communist countries. I mean, communism is total government, and and you know they're all at least in the beginning professed to be atheist. I don't. I I, I would say my thought process on that is is that the communists communism rose from people in you know little coffee shops drinking jet fuel and uh, talking about what they think was would be the best solution problems. Yeah, and those same people came to the conclusion that God doesn't exist. So in the same in the way they were coming up with a system that works better than essentially what was going on in Europe at the time, which is this uh, the the dying of autocracies. Um, So you know I I can see how. How communism might be an idea that they would come up with. It didn't work, but you know, it's, mm. it's an idea. And at the same time, atheism is another idea. And that's how those two got collapsed. That's for me. That's how it happened. I, mean, well, I can guessing. see where you're coming from with that theory, Wayne. But on the other hand, atheists don't ever get elected if, so. if they if they publicly profess it. Yes, that's right. right. 
but the system uh, it, it, the more it seems government's doing fine with a country full of Christians right well they, they can use they can use religion also yeah but but in some uh, uh, cultures some some forms of government let's say uh, like like communism is a good example. I know I had I had uh, uh, professors in college who who were communists, and they always went out of their way to say they were also atheists, and that that there was no room for a uh, a belief in God uh, in that type of system because your your loyalties to the state that the state is everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely I can see where those folks would would be coming from. Although it seems that the state thrives in any of those situations. Communists actually wouldn't worship the state at all. That would be fascists and perhaps socialists. Uh, be, being fascists and socialists tend to be very similar anyway. Communism is really, you know, everybody's the government at once. In theory. Of, yeah, it's in theory. theory. It doesn't really it's ever play heaven. out that way. Yeah, heaven. yeah. In the beginning, they're told that, but then as think time goes on, they realize they're standing in line for toilet paper and cheese, yeah. and the members of the Communist Party are, are eating filet mignon. Yep. Yeah. Toll-free number here tonight, 800-259-9231. You're certainly welcome to uh, comment on the uh, question of evangelical atheism. Uh, But we'll also get back into this democracy uh, piece from Cracked.com, where they're talking about the five reasons why democracy will never work. And we've got four more to go. So we'll uh, get back to that here in moments and take your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. You can take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me, Mark Edge? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water, it's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey this November. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're about $600 double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that we will share with you there for free. Because those other talk show hosts want to charge you for their sites, and you'll find that Free Talk Live probably gives you more for free than those other hosts charge you for. If you like that fact, if you like the fact that we give away all the archives and the webcam and everything there, then you can voluntarily support this show by... Going and shopping with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll find affiliate links through uh, for Amazon. You click in through one of those affiliate links, whether you're in the U.S., the U.K., Canada, Germany, we've got them all. Uh, you click through one of those links, and then when you do your shopping, you check out. Free Talk Live gets a portion. You don't see it on the checkout screen. It doesn't tell you that Free Talk Live is getting a chunk. It's just you're entering through our portal to Amazon. It's the same great prices, the same great Amazon uh, service and selection and, and free super saver shipping deals. Uh, it's just that you're entering through our little door, a uh, little side door, if you will, and then Amazon cuts us a portion of each sale for the doing piece it. of the action. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I appreciate Amazon doing that for us because uh, it's been pretty great for Free Talk Live mm-hmm. having having this program over the years. And it's it's great for you, too, because you probably already shop at Amazon. They're that big. They're that um, influential. They're that ubiquitous in our online lives. It's just a way for you to get your shopping done as you normally would. Just simply start through our portal at shop.freetalklive.com. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference, get experience, and get paid. 
The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduates, graduate students, and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have programs and um, internships in all kinds of journalism and public policy. The internship includes a generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, and training throughout the summer. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information and sign up there to receive updates and reminders. Again, it's libertarianinternships.com. You know, you can't, you you just can't get this kind of experience out of uh, any other summer job. You can through libertarianinternships.com. All right, 800-259-9231 is the uh, number here. We continue, and, and then a little bit we'll get back to the uh, the five reasons why democracy will never work. But first, we go to your phone calls. Jeff is in New Hampshire. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Yeah, hi, guys. Um, hi, I have Jeff. a question for Ian. I'm just wondering if you can explain to me sort of how panentheism works or why it isn't just kind of like a new age feel good way to be an atheist without like calling yourself that because i just don't see the functional difference between atheism and panentheism if there's really no personal god that interacts in any way within the world well yeah i mean atheism is usually a statement against the uh, the christian god from from what i can see or whatever other theistic kind of uh, monotheistic uh, gods are out there so really, it, uh, the way I saw it was like taking my uh, atheism to a new level. Um, you know, panentheism, or as an atheist, I really, I believed in myself. I didn't believe that that there was some God out there that would, you know, help cure the sick or or punish somebody that the, that he didn't like. I believed that you know I would stand or fall based on my own merits, my own actions, and uh, and my own choices. And so you know, I don't. Panentheism is, is uh, essentially just kind of a belief that there is nothing greater necessarily uh, than us that is separate from us. And uh, I don't know if I'm explaining things uh, very accurately. Well, I here. think that um, you know some of the things that you've told me in the past, if I can uh, you know help to clear it up just a little bit, is that um, you know you, you you're in awe of the uh, the wonders of the universe. You know the quantum physics and all the ways that sort of things are different. Uh, the universe is expanding. Um, and you also you find that uh, that there's sort of these universal laws in dealing with people and that, um, you know, that those things seem to some extent to have some kind of structure to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. I call myself an atheist and I definitely feel the same way about things, but it just seems a little disingenuous to, you know, call the wonder that you see in the universe and like the connectedness of all beings or whatever you want to call it, God, when most people think of God as being some sort of higher power, you know, so it just seems kind of like word games to me. That's all. Okay. That's fine. You know, if that's what you want to call it, that's that's fine. I mean, uh, like I said, when I normally I qualify the statement of using the term God, like if you want to call it that, I mean, I, I would also call it all that is or all that isn't as well. I mean, because, uh, you know, there's there's clearly the physical reality that we have here. But what's beyond that, I think, is also God. I mean, whatever that means, whatever trans whatever it is that transcends this physical reality uh, is also part of uh, my panentheistic panentheistic beliefs, whereas atheism is a, generally a very kind of negative uh, sort of a viewpoint. Uh, atheism says God does not exist and that nothing is beyond this life. 
Um, I am not convinced that uh, nothing is uh, is beyond this life, and I'm not convinced that there isn't something. And I used to believe this way, by the way. I used to believe there's no such thing as a soul, um, but I'm not convinced that there uh, there is no such thing as a soul. I think that uh, consciousness is a very interesting thing, and that uh, that I I think that consciousness could very well span this uh, this lifetime, or or to some extent go beyond this lifetime. So I think those are kind of not really typical atheistic beliefs, don't you think? Um, yeah, I suppose. I just I wouldn't even call atheism a belief. It's just a pure lack of belief. It's no, just, it's it's the belief that there is no God. No, not really. I mean, you. It's the lack of a belief. You don't which really is, have which to is why it's not. Which position. is why it does not describe me. It's not a word game. I do have a belief, right? Okay, I do have a belief about what the universe is and how that you know there's there is a purpose to it and that we get to decide what that purpose is individually and kind of create our own to some extent little reality tunnels uh, in this uh, in this universe. So I do have beliefs that most atheists would not necessarily find uh, too. I guess palatable. Yeah, palatable is the right word. It would not gel with their belief system or lack thereof, as you're saying. Yeah, sure. So well, can you see that okay. I'm not an atheist? Is it is it clear now? A clearer now to you that um, I'm, I'm not? not an I mean, I mean, I'm only an atheist bit, from the perspective that I don't believe in the monotheistic God, right? See, like from that perspective, if that was the only God that there was that in all of culture out there, if that was the only God that people believed in, then I would still be considered an atheist from that perspective, because I don't believe that there is any kind of supreme uh, higher power thing that is separated from us. Not to say that there couldn't be aliens that are, you know, able to, you know, subjugate us in the way that we subjugate uh, animals beneath us. Not to say that that's not a possibility, but clearly there isn't much evidence for that uh, at this point. So... Well, and it doesn't sound like you believe in polytheistic gods either, right? No, I don't, just, I don't believe any you – know, no, not at all. So, I mean, I, out, unless this belief of yours has some sort of supernatural element or or something, I just don't see how it's – But I think the, the idea that consciousness spans uh, lifetime uh, lifetimes is cer- certainly supernatural, don't you think? Yeah, sure, and I guess that then – you know, that's something I would... Or the idea of, like, the law of attraction, for, for instance, which we haven't talked about in a or while on this com- show. Karmatic laws, too. I yeah. mean, that if you, you know, what you you put good out, you get good back. I mean, that that seems almost supernatural. One can choose to view that as a supernatural thing, right? I think so, because there's no evidence for it, right? Like, besides your own personal uh, anecdotes of, well, this happened when I did this, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it, that this exists. Uh, but there's no real evidence for it. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, cl- clearly, and Wayne, you're, you're you're quiet on this one. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm having a good time listening to your your thoughts on this, but you know, nobody really knows what reality is beyond this life. We only can perceive the world around us through the senses and what we've been given in this vessel we call a body mm-hmm. and a mind. So we all have all our theories on it, and and I think that sometimes we have experiences that might reinforce um, beliefs that maybe are correct or not. I don't know. I really my my position is I don't know. I just know that that I think that uh, my consciousness will go past this life and that there's more to this world and this universe than I can perceive. I don't know for sure, right? I mean, how could we say that we know for sure because we are limited in our perceptions. However, I I like what you say about how there are some experiences like maybe drug-based experiences that could kind of like a salvia trip or it could be in or, your case it was or, <laughs> or DMT. You take a look at DMT, uh the journeys that people take on DMT, dimethyl I think it's dimethyltryptamine. Um, it's an incredibly powerful drug that actually people have these out-of-body experiences 
senses. Uh, they have these experiences where they essentially lose all semblance of their humanity and their body, and essentially it's just their consciousness kind of returning out into the ether, so to speak. I've had that it's in a, dreams before. And it's a very powerful, yeah. very powerful experience. Um, so, and of course, the, you know, the atheistic scientist types will say, well, it's just brain chemicals and blah, blah, mm. blah, blah. Yeah, they but, can. You know, and that's, and that's fine. And that's their, their belief system. But for somebody who's experienced that, it's a very powerful, very, very real thing. And of course, uh, people from my position might suggest that, uh, there's a difference between your mind and your consciousness as well. And it, you use the term vessel, uh, Wayne, which I think is is well, indicative of that. Well, the body, you know, the, this vessel that you're in, that your consciousness and your 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 mind is trapped in right now. And sometimes I feel, sometimes when I'm dreaming or if I'm just about to fall asleep, I feel like I'm leaving my body. And there's times where I feel like I plop back into my body when I wake up. So hope that helps. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want this is Free Talk Live, and Hour 2 is on the way. 1-800-259-9231. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring in whatever you'd like at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the second hour of the program. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. Uh, once again, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. The features of the site are actually completely free. The main feature allows you to control the content. So you find something online that you think is interesting, you want to share with our listeners and share with us, you submit it to the site. And then folks will vote as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion. The most liked, making it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. So head on over there and get interactive. As we continue here, we've been talking about government and religion tonight, or do I repeat myself? Uh, we uh, specifically started out with a list of five things, and we got through one of the five, uh, five reasons why democracy will never work. And, uh, of course, democracy on its own is just a bad idea, and it should never <laughs> – we should move past it. We shouldn't even try to get it to work because it's a poor idea, the uh, suggestion that the majority should rule over the minority, uh, that the majority would know what is right has been proven so wrong in the past – Clearly, in many cases, the majority was completely wrong and uh, foisted its way upon the, uh, the minority with the threat of violence. And, and there's nothing right about that system. So with that said, 
and that in mind, let's continue Crack.com's list of the five reasons why democracy will never work at number four. Number four, watching the news actually makes us stupider. <laughs> so you figure that the above results, and they're referring to uh, number five, which is, uh, let me get a quote, quote it here directly. Our opinion on an issue is based on how it's worded. You'd think mm-hmm. that that was simply skewed by people who are watching Cake Boss instead of the nightly news. But right, they're uninformed. Yeah. Isn't there a smart core of people who keep the TV on CNN and thus know their crap? Not according to a study done during the 2010 election, which concluded that people who watch television news are more likely to get the facts wrong than people who just flip past it on their way to watch wrestling. <laughs> Whether they got their info from Fox News, MSNBC, the networks, or even NPR, people who relied on those sources daily did worse when answering factual questions about election issues than people who used um, them only uh, sporadically. Hmm. Well, why? Well, part of that is that if a politician makes a uh, bullcrap claim, the news still has to report it. So along with uh, the hard information, you're getting spin, talking points, sound bites, and other crap issued by people whose job it is to make you vote their way regardless of the facts. Mm-hmm. Mm. At some level, people who are aware of are aware of this happening. There are countless polls showing them Americans do not have favorable, favorable views of television news, but TV also remains the country's largest source of news, which yep. means that there's a lot of people who don't trust it, but That's then changing, turn away. Though. Yeah. That's changing. The internet is, I think, uh, going to quickly replace that. I, and I'm surprised it hasn't already. But the mob can be manipulated, and they are uh, they attempt to manipulate the mob at every turn. Well, right. I mean, on these news, so-called news channels, you're really getting news and opinion, right? I mean, you yeah. get uh, opinion shows like Glenn Beck or Bill O'Reilly or Rachel Maddow, uh, you know, Ed Schultz, these but people with very strong it's, opinions. It's true, but th- 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 those things are true. But the, but the number five, the one above it, is how things are worded changes your opinion. It's how the news is reported that your opinion no will, doubt. will shape mm-hmm. your opinion. I mean, beyond sure. the opinion shows, clearly, if you've got a political viewpoint, there are ways to work that into the news reports as well. I mean, they, for all the claims of being unbiased, everybody knows what the biases are with these news agencies. Yeah, I, I absolutely. It's always towards the government. But if you look at most of the, the big guys from the nightly news back in the decades ago, I think all those guys were Democrats. So I don't know. I think that's where Rush Limbaugh managed to get his uh, the the liberal bias of the news thing, mm-hmm. and I, to some extent, I, I see the point that he makes. I think that there's a conservative bias to some extent too, and it's all a state bias as far as I'm concerned. Right? Where's the liberty oriented news agency? Yeah, they're not, not really much out of it. there. There's LRN. <laughs> well, there's LRN.FM, but that's not a news agency. That's a uh, internet streaming network. It has a couple of news products. Uh, one of them is uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. The other is Cop Block uh, and their Police Accountability Report. So we're trying to bring some sort of semblance of liberty-oriented news product out there, but there's nobody out there like these news agencies that has an around-the-clock team that is doing news on an updated basis throughout the day. We've got Dave Ridley and the Cop Block guys doing one report per week. Weekly. So, I mean, it's a good starting point, and clearly that's something that could expand out into the future. I've talked to the guys over at Anti-War Radio, and you know, maybe someday they'll put something together. I don't know if they're actually going to or not. Uh, but Or maybe someday somebody will spend the money to actually start up a real liberty-oriented news agency. But then again, you know, it, there would... 
there's not going to be any way to hide whether or not uh, you've got a, a bias to your news coverage, right? I mean, at this point, I don't think that people do very much. I mean, you know, it's why try? I, why try hiding it? I mean, you might as well just wear it on your sleeve. Yeah, I mean, and and create that as your brand. That's the way I see it. So uh, where were we? All right, it's not all the news media's fault. After we blame it on the news media, when um, when we do hear the facts, we have countless defenses against them. Picture the facts as zombies, and your brain is the house where the z- survivors are holed up. For instance, the vast majority of us think the news media is politically biased. You can simply we just we're just talking that. Mm-hmm. Well, duh, that means that they're probably are biased. But the problem is that all of us think that the media is biased against us. Regardless of our political affiliations, it's called the hostile media effect. If you are passionate about your belief, you'll always perceive the news as being skewed against you. Researchers can show two opposing groups the same news clip, and both will come away saying that the clip was horribly <laughs> skewed against their side. That's interesting. And even weirder, when the latter, given, up, uh, given a quiz about the facts, presented the clip, the two groups actually remember it differently. Mm-hmm. And this to is focus on the things that are negative. This right? is absolutely true about the human brain and its ability to rewrite history. When we have uh, the curse that is, com- then we have the cur- curse that is confirmation bias, the horrible brain glitch that makes countless superstitions possible. This is when the brain latches onto and remembers pieces of information that confirm what we believe, but dismiss those that don't. Right. The news media can dutifully report 10 straight studies that prove global warming, but then when the 11th casts some doubt, the skeptics say, See? See, I told you the scientists think this is crap. They've even done studies when a mixture of liberals and conservatives were presented with internationally... Uh, incorrect reports about hot-button issues, tax cuts, Iraq, when presented with authoritative corrections, hard, inarguable evidence correcting the inaccuracies, the subjects continued to stick with the incorrect information if it agreed with their viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Nothing could change their minds. What? Reality doesn't confirm my opinion? Shoot it in the head, board the windows. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice analogy. Yeah. And, you know, this is you find this and this is why getting the ideas of liberty, which are so rarely presented over to people are, you know, it's it's a challenge. Now, I will say yeah. that we have an advantage over the ideas of, say, liberalism or conservatism in that our ideas are the most moral. They are the easiest to implement. And, uh, you know, when they are the most logical when people look at them. When they look at them, really look at them. They're consistent. Yeah, they're consistent and logical. And they don't change every four years when a new party gets in yeah. office, when all of a sudden we start ignoring what our guy is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and somebody who's good at talking about it should, uh, you know, they, they can they can present it in a fashion and, and show it to people that, um, you know, that it, this isn't this is the Republicans trying to get you or the Democrats trying to get you. This is a real different way of looking at the issue that will, in fact, bring everyone together because you're just never going to the republicans you're never going to get the democrats to believe um, and agree with you on every single issue they're just not going to do it democrats you're not going to get the republicans to change their minds about these things that they believe passionately about however both of you hey we can talk to people about their beliefs and then you know have them leave you alone on yours actual freedom it works let's talk to michael listening in norfolk to wtar hello michael you're on Free Talk Live. That's hey, Michael. Uh, that's T. That's T as in Tom. T A R. That's what I said. I, I'm sorry if you misheard. W T A R. Yes, sir. 
Okay. Listen, um, you just came on here in Norfolk uh, at uh, uh, about 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I didn't hear the earlier part of your conversation, but the comment that I did hear just as you came on at the top of the hour... Tell you what, Michael, hold that thought. We're going to bring it back here, and you can continue in a moment. More with Michael. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. As we continue here, uh, we'll take your phone calls about absolutely anything that you want. Also, want to invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. We've got listening options there. Uh, there's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version running around the clock, 24-7. You can listen to the latest episode. Plus, 94 great radio stations across the country, as well as our free-to-air satellite channel, our webcam and listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way. Uh, that's uh, listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned in. If you take prescription medications on a regular basis, you can get those prescription medications at discounts as high as 70% off. You can get them delivered right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com and uh, click Become a Member there. These, uh, these medications are inspected and guaranteed to be authentic. Just go to meds.freetalklive.com. The Discount Prescription Services is the company with whom we've partnered here. Their customer service is excellent. They'll walk you through every step of the way. I've been to their uh, their offices, and I know how they operate. They're good folks. Whether it's Zetia, Nexium, Lipitor, Amplify, Boniva, Cialis, or Viagra, it's meds.freetalklive.com. Coming up, we'll continue the reasons why democracy will never work. But first, we go back to your phone calls with Michael listening to WTAR in Norfolk, Virginia. Hello, Michael. Hi. Uh, okay, you raised the issue, is it redundant to speak of government and church? Actually, I think uh, you said religion and government, but do I repeat myself? Yeah, or do you repeat yourself? Yeah, the suggestion anyway, being was, that government is a religion. Well, it was so clever that I had to call, and this is why. This is the anniversary of the, uh, the attempt on Ronald Reagan's life, the 30th anniversary now, what happened after that attempt? This is a Protestant who was put into office by a gigantic Protestant um, coalition. Uh, it loosely went under the name Religious Roundtable. Uh, it also later, in his uh, term, began to go under the name Christian Coalition. I've heard that term. Me? I've heard that term. And the funny thing is, Reagan and Nancy Reagan, both of them weren't really Christians per se. They were into astrology and all a lot of things that fundamental fundamentalist Christians would frown on. Exactly. But here, here's the point. Here's the point. After that assassination attempt, with all of this big build up by Protestants to get him in office, 
Uh, he started putting uh, Roman Catholics in the Supreme Court. He surrounded himself with Roman Catholics. Uh, he gave diplomatic recognition to the Vatican. No president had ever dared do that before. He uh, opened up the borders. He gave amnesty to millions of Roman Catholics coming in this country. We now have, remember, we started out with 10 to 1 advantage as Protestants. We now well, have you're, no we. You're, you're assuming that, I don't know who we is. I'm not going to take that well, Protestant I mean, label. I'm not a Protestant, well, well, sir. Oh, oh, okay. What I'm saying is this country began in 1776 with a 10 to 1 population advantage for the Protestants. Okay. But what is what has happened now? We have no Protestants on the Supreme Court. There were... 55 signers to the Declaration of Independence that were Protestant, and only one that wasn't a Protestant. But and your now point we is have what? no Protestants on the Supreme Court. We have two non Protestants who are in the, uh, uh, the line of succession to the president. And guess what's happening? On every network you look, there are Roman Catholics calling for this president to show his birth certificate. Now, there's something wrong with this picture. And what is we that? Still, we have a two-to-one majority still as Protestants, and we have no control over the republic which we founded. Hmm. So who are your Protestant buddies voting for, then? Uh, they're, they're, they're voting for the turncoats who got billions of tax-exempt church funds put into their private accounts with the federal government looking the other way. So why don't you Protestants, uh, you know, refuse to pay taxes or something like that? No, no, you didn't hear what I said. A handful of religious um, wheeler dealers got tax-exempt funds put into their private bank accounts. Well, maybe, that maybe, happens all the time. Right, what right. What else but, is new? But what I'm hearing you say, and maybe, let me, let me recap what I've heard you say, and if I'm incorrect, please correct me. Um, what I heard you say is that there's a two-to-one ratio of Protestants to whoever, uh, Catholics or whatever in this country, and that you feel like you're not represented in the federal government. Is that inaccurate? Well, the point is this. If you have a government in Washington that recognizes, gives diplomatic recognition to only one church in the world, does that tell you that there is religious equality here? Well, it seems to me that the problem isn't whether there's religious equality. The problem is that there is a government. Uh, the problem is that there is this monopolistic, uh, violent group that has the power to give privileges to one group and to punish another group. Don't you agree that that's really the root of the issue? Well, that is the root of the issue, but it's the, it's the Protestant majority that is stupid enough to take the punishment. I don't know that, the, the, I mean, you're assuming this large uh, portion of the population as being Protestant that r probably really isn't. I mean, somebody would, would like to count me as a Protestant, but I, you know, I don't self-identify in that manner. Um, a, a great deal of Americans don't know or care or go to church. They don't know about this religious thing. They don't care about this religious thing, and they don't go to church. The most, you know, a good percentage of Americans just don't go to church. New Hampshire is one of the, the least churched states in the union, too. So I've heard. 
Okay, well, let me take it from your point of view. Okay, so, so there's only 51% of the, of the country that's Protestant. That's still twice as many as there are Roman Catholics, but they control the government. Okay, but you so you're the 49 well, percent. See, this is a new conspiracy theory. I mean, sometimes people call to say it's the Jews that control the government. Now it's the Catholics that uh, that control the government. I don't really care, sir, who is in control of the government. See, you're not you're not speaking from our perspective when you when you said that there from the perspective well, of this program, sir. The government is bad no matter who is in charge. I don't care whether it's Catholics, well, Jews, bad as long Christians, as it's not voluntary. or atheists. This government is a violent monopoly, and that is the case, and that is what needs to stop. Then everybody can just live their lives in, in peace, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so how do you go about changing that from your perspective? Well, you'll have to be courageous and, uh, and stop paying their taxes and obeying their regulations and uh, maybe secede from the United States. Uh, do things that actually involve a little bit of risk, because if you think you're going to get there by voting for the next Republican or next Democrat that comes along, then you are uh, just falling for the same old scam. Okay, well, that's, that's true, but, it, but is, your, is your approach necessarily the answer? You're talking about uh, dividing us even more. So I haven't talked have about even... dividing anyone. Hey, I, look, I, I, I think that the, the, this whole the, this uh, conversation about being united is really what gets us. As far as I'm concerned, is this uh, when when the, the politicians get together and agree on stuff, that's when the American person gets gets screwed. Thanks, Michael, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want. 1-800-259-9231. Reasons why democracy will never work still to come free talk live this your family today tip is brought to you by nestle pure life water helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero calorie alternative to sugary drinks visit us at nestle-purelife.us when kids are playing they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated so send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip for more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. It's 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free, so enjoy those. Joining you tonight in the studio, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. And by the way, those features on the site uh, include the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. wikiwiki.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. It's that shirt that you use most. The white pinpoint Oxford and... Paul Frederick has it for you, an athletic, trim, big, and tall for nineteen ninety five. Look, guys, you know you can't get a white pinpoint Oxford for nineteen ninety five anywhere, especially no. that fits. I mean, you might be able to go to one of those discount stores and get one that the neck is too tight or the arms are too short or the waist is too big. These are all problems that I used to have. <laughs> yep, and you look kind of silly when you walk into a business meeting and you take your coat off and your shirt doesn't fit you properly. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it shows off your, your wrist too far or whatever. Well, there are more than 55 combinations of sleeve fit and collar uh, at uh, 1995shirt.com. You can get free monogramming, too. Use promo code TUCK 
in order to get this uh, the, the the special here. 1995shirt.com, promo code TUCK. Let's continue with your phone calls. Frank, listening in New York, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Hey, Frank. Hi. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's that, on your mind? That was quite a call, that last one. Yes, sir. Uh, but all I can say is this. Uh, one reason why democracy won't work, at least in the United States, is according to Zbigniew of Brzezinski in his uh, opus work on the technotronic era, and also Samuel P. Huntington's uh, real politique uh, in the post-war uh, nuclear era. Uh, we need specific experts to make those decisions where really the masses become just useless, superfluous, superfluous appendages that are just used to pay taxes to support the system you know, that they really don't participate in. That's pretty much uh, what we have. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess that's from, that's from sort of the uh, academic uh, or the uh, academy uh, over the last 30 years, and I think with that, Point of view, we can see where our institutions are, you know, as of uh, 2011. But uh, one thing that you mentioned that really shouldn't be a surprise is that uh, political scientists and social science scientists have known for many years that the way one phrases a question determines the outcome in a questionnaire or you know a survey. Uh, when you're doing sampling. And uh, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that the way the news is phrased also has that same kind of effect. Mm -hmm. And uh, people such as Harold Laswell and Edward L. Bernays uh, knew this way back, uh, you know, in the 1920s and 30s. And, uh, you know, so I think that's where the notion of public opinion that's used to supposedly support or spin a democratic point of view, democratic meaning uh, the greatest, uh, the mean, the, uh, you know, the, the great central mass of the opinion, and then say that, you know, because of this, the government policies are being followed, when really that's nothing more than, you know, uh, an instrumental scam using tools in the area of the social sciences and things. And that's basically all I wanted to say tonight. Thanks, Frank. Um, Appreciate mm-hmm. hearing from you as always. Well, thank you very thank you, much. 800-259-9231. The government certainly is a uh, scam. There's no doubt about that. I meant to ask him to uh, say hello to the Illuminati guys for us. <laughs> well, you might actually get to ask him in person. He said the other night he was thinking about going to Porkfest. Oh, to nice. Yeah, it would be good to see him. Now, Frank isn't somebody who is, uh, you know, like a totally principled, liberty-minded person, but there's no uh, litmus test to get into Porkfest. You just have to buy a ticket. Well, and, and he's quite a character on the radio. Yeah. He's a regular listener, which says something. Sure he is. Sure. 1-800-259-9231. Let's continue here. We've got the, uh, the five democracy reasons, thing. Yeah, humanity is terrible at democracy. Number Putting three, political pundits are even worse than the news. Sure they are. On some level, you'll probably guess that professional shout political things angrily at the camera guys like Keith Olbermann and Glenn Beck are on some level full of crap. But statistical analysis um, on just how full of crap they are showed results were downright startling. Punditry is all about predictions, claiming boldly that if X comes to power, the economy will be in ruins within a year, or if Y legislation passes, the nation will turn into a fascist nightmare or a lawless orgy or whatever. A 20-year study of pundits and their prognostications found that they are 
Do we make very what many... an awful study? We... <laughs> Can you imagine doing that study, <laughs> having just... to watch Keith we're... Olbermann and Glenn Beck and Bill O'Reilly every single night? But we're oh. pundits, dude. I mean, you may not like it, but the fact is that on this show we are pundits. Do we make very many predictions? Few. I think we've been we, right all the time. We, we do predict, predict on a pretty regular basis the economy is going to go into the crapper at least some point in the relatively foreseeable future. But we don't know when and we don't know how. But you know what? Well, Compared predict- to three or four years ago, it has gone in the crapper even now. Yeah. We predict consequences based on observation, mm-hmm. uh, based on you know the past. I mean, Isn't we- that what predictions are? Well, they are, but a lot of times they're they're kind of um, contaminated with with political agendas. But there's no doubt about the consequences. They're not they're completely predictable. Like there's no question as to whether or not you prohibit something, whether or not there's going to be a black market that springs up, whether or not there's going to be violence associated with that black market. I mean, we're not going out on a limb with these predictions. Generally, we do use historical evidence in order to uh, to, to make our predictions, and we 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 cite that historical evidence, um, at you know, as a prediction. Right. And it's it's historical. We that try the not US to demigod because we don't need to. The, it's historical that the U.S. dollar has lost something like ninety six or ninety seven percent of its value uh, since it was originally ninety uh, percent of that was created. since Nixon. Um, yeah, but nineteen thirteen is what you're referring to. Ninety percent uh, was uh, the early seventies and seventies seventy one yeah. when Nixon uh, cut cut the last string to a metal backing. So, I mean, that's not a again. That's not going out on a limb to say that they're going to continue to uh, devalue that currency. That's what they've always done. And that's that's their common tactic because the uh, the alternative for them, they don't want deflation because they lose control of the economy if they allow prices to fall. They don't want that, and then they can't bail their their buddies out in the banking system. So go ahead, Mark. So a 20-year study of pundits and their prognostications found that they performed significantly worse than, say, a monkey making po- political predictions <laughs> by throwing its own feces at a chart. <laughs> the hardline partisan pundits were found to be right a dismal 12% of the time. But the really scary statistic is that the more famous a political pundit is, the worse his predictions are. That's you know, a- I, I have to say that, again, looking here at the definition of pundit, uh, a learned person, an expert, or authority. I've never claimed to be any of those things. We are authorities I, on liberty. Uh, I understand what the concept of liberty is. I talk about it a lot, but I'm not a learned person. I've only read a handful of, of books on the on the subject. I've spent my career on it, but you're I don't claim a, to be... You're pitching yourself as a common man's pundit. Uh well, that would be a contradiction of the definition of pundit. Pundit is a learned person, expert, or authority. I'm neither of those things. I'm a human being who hosts a talk show, and I've, I've always been uh, pretty humble about that fact. Look, We're wrong a lot on this Just program. because you didn't read a bunch of books to get the ideas of liberty doesn't mean that you didn't learn those ideas of liberty by being on the radio and taking the shots from people um, throughout the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you and I got onto the radio in 2002 and started talking about the ideas of liberty, we took our licks, man. Every time we took our licks, we learned from the, uh, the, the person who uh, gave it to us, and then we understood the how the ideas of liberty work in that particular area. We didn't know everything. But now... We can't be stumped on issues that we were stumped at at one point. We still don't know everything, and no, we're not even close. No, who's going to ever know anything? I don't, I don't claim a to be an authority. A learned man is not a person who knows everything. That is I, not the definition. I don't claim to be an expert or an authority. In a lot of cases, I don't know. In a lot of cases, I don't know the answers to uh, to questions, and I'm I'm not afraid to say I don't know. Okay. A pundit has an answer to everything. I don't. I, we don't have an answer to everything. <laughs> When well, it comes to, to, to the use of force on humans? Liberty's the answer. What's the question? There you but, go. But as far, got as, an answer on as far as details are concerned, I don't know all the issues in and out, and I don't claim to. 
Well, this I don't is want to. Basically, saying that, uh, that 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 monkeys can throw crap at a board and and come, be more right than uh, say political pundits of either the right or the left. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I'm not sure what that has to do with democracy, though. You can take control, bring up absolutely anything. People listen to pundits. I see what you're saying. Some right. do. So that's where they get their ideas. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live you are invited to take control of the airwaves bring up whatever you'd like 800-259-9231 SACL CAI toll free line 1-800-259-9231 join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there for free if you like the show and want to help support free talk live you can become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board. Uh, welcoming, by the way, our new affiliate in Paducah, Kentucky, WTHQ, on board for six nights a week, but sort of not really on most of the time right now because they are our first daytimer uh, AM radio station. And because Free Talk Live is a what night a daytimer show. is is a uh, radio station that can only be on, um, you know. When it's when it's daytime, it's a stupid, stupid rule on the FCC's part, but it's some sort of thing they created supposedly to protect signal patterns of other more important stations or something like, something that. like that. Stations that had, I guess, been licensed in other cities for longer or whatever, um, because I guess AM signals propagate differently at nighttime. So they certainly do. There are issues with uh, with power levels and such. So some stations have to shut off when the sun goes down, and which means that as the year goes on, as we get closer to summer, the listeners in Paducah will be able to hear more of free talk live because the daytime will last longer Indeed. and then in the winter time they probably won't hear us at all but hey they still count so welcome aboard to uh, wthq they got, a, they got an fcc license yep so if you want to help us out with that you can go to amp.freetalklive.com you can become an amplifier get perks like access to the amp only call in lines the amp only forum podcast and more and you can do it with any major credit card through paypal or visa and mastercard right on our website amp.freetalklive.com have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without lawyers who must know what it takes to win. This is the kind of stuff that you should have been taught in school. How to move the court, how to get evidence, how to do discovery, all the things that you need. Um, this this course will show you how to do it. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer. It's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four CD course in a single weekend. It is easy to understand and it is useful. I've taken the course personally and I recommend it to you. I've not only taken the course, I bought it for myself. Get it at Jurisdictionary.com. That's Jurisdictionary.com. All right, we continue with your phone calls, so we'll get back into the five reasons why democracy will never work here in a bit. But first, George is on the line, listening in Indy to WXNT. Hello, George. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing today? That's great. What's on your mind tonight, George? Uh, I, I agree with one thing that you're saying completely. I think the more uh, focus we have on the federal government, the more things that get uh, funneled toward the federal government, the farther we get away from being able to control them. Yes. And if you take, for example, the fact that any kind of a law 
well, let me let me put it this way: if they're if they're controlling 800 things and they're doing 500 wrong, uh, there are different congressmen that are doing the wrong things. So you can't even effectively vote them out of office. Uh, sounds right to me. Well, what are you going to do? Vote him, uh, Vote for another congressman that's just as much of a power seeker so he can do another hundred things differently or wrongly or, or whatever? That's the problem. You de- or That's the issue. You decentralize government much more than it is right now, back to much closer to what it was when the uh, uh, when government started so that the states took a lot more of the responsibility so that the welfare and uh, all of those things were controlled more by, and at that time, it was the different churches. Well, what would you say and, to people uh, who not say... churches, nonprofits. What would you say to people who say, well, we can't do that now. Society is just so much more complex, and there's more people, and, and you, you're living back in the 1800s. I think it's a justification. I think uh, the fact that when you give a dollar to, to the government, and the government only passes on 30% of that, mm-hmm. that's 30 cents out of every dollar, now tell me that a, that an agency that's effective in fundraising, like some of them that are, yeah, they are. Uh, that can give out, that can turn around seventy or eighty percent. If those same people, if those same, if thirty percent of the uh, country wants a program in, in, enacted, and they go to a more powerful uh, agency, something closer to the where the rubber meets the road, they can uh, they can affect those changes without having a huge bureaucracy involved. Mm, indeed. Now, I, I, we're on the same team, okay? We agree on these issues. But I, you, you, made it, you kind of made a point there that I'd like to make a counterpoint to, which is that uh, government should be controlled on a state level. And, you know, states, uh, say, are largely in charge of uh, public education, and uh, to some extent counties uh, have control in that area, and depending on the place, towns do too, towns and cities. But, you know... I have a son, and I spend money on his education, but I'm required to send, um, you know, in my town, it's, it's like 50 to 60 to 70 percent of the, uh, I think it's 70 percent of, of, of my property taxes go to fund the school in the town. And my son's not going to that school. He's not ever going to go to that school. I have to send money to educate people who drive nicer cars and live in bigger houses to educate their kids while they take the money away from me to educate mine. What is good about that? No, and frankly, that's another that's another area that I don't think the government should be involved. You used yep. to have when uh, back back before you had government schools, uh, you actually had higher rates of literacy. Uh, right now, if you look at the number of people that are graduating with the ability to read and write, it's lower than it was prior to having government it's schools. True. But it, again, it's true. they centralize them, they control them higher and higher. They, right. They, I, they I'm sorry, Mark. I, I think you're trying to you're trying to find a disagreement where one doesn't really exist. What I heard from George in this call was that he feels like decentralization is important, and he was just giving the example from the top down, saying let's bring things at least away from the federal government more to the states. But then, I mean, would you also agree, and George, take that it from uh, the states locally? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a it's a continuum, and uh, and George seems to get it. But completely. the localities can have tyranny too, George. That's all I'm saying. Oh, here. no this doubt. That, but it's um, better to have it local, wouldn't you agree, than to have it at the federal? State oh, level? I absolutely. Would right. Agree so with we're that. in complete agreement here. There is no point of disagreement. Uh, what I would say to your question, though, Wayne, about the complexity of objection. Well, we need it's a com- society so complex. Well, that's exactly the reason why you need decentralization, because a one size fits all solution, which is what the government imposes, is a really crappy way to handle anything that's com- uh, complicated. Exactly. You can you can take any you can take any entity and try to make it fit and work for everybody. 
and all you're doing is make it work for nobody eventually. Yeah, and no. that's what we've gotten to with government. That's what we've gotten to with schools. That's what we've gotten to in a whole lot of, well, all the social issues and whatever. If you don't know the people that you're dealing with, uh, you have people scamming the system. You have people that are uh, uh, on, on psych disabilities. And I was just talking to a gentleman the other day whose brother-in-law was on a psych disability, making all kinds of money, and uh, living, as, as far as he was concerned, the high life, and uh, scamming the system. You know, George, it, I have it, to say, you sound like somebody who'd really appreciate a trip to New Hampshire and a visit to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Are you aware of that? No, I'm not. All right. The Free State Project is the reason why Mark and myself and Wayne are all here in New Hampshire. It was just featured on the Stossel show last week. That's right. Um, it's the it's a group of liberty-minded people that are converging all in the same place. People because with, being liberty-minded and not being in the same place isn't working. Right. So we're getting people together. We're concentrating activism in the same spot. And there is a summer event that happens. This year it's going to be June 20th through the 26th. It's going to ha- going to happen at the uh, Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. The Free State Project puts this event on. It's called the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Last year, over 800 people attended. Probably going to see more than that this year. Uh, it's going to be a great time where you'll be able to socialize with and do all manner of activities uh, with other people who have a very similar mindset, who understand what it means to be free that in order to be free you have to allow others to uh, be free as well that get the idea of decentralization and who are willing to work towards it so i'd like to invite you and anybody else with this particular mindset to visit porkfest.com p-o-r-c as in porcupine porkfest p-o-r-c-f-e-s-t.com where you can learn more about the event the site is really nice they've done a great job with the website and uh, you can get registered there too because the early bird discount expires i think in a day or so so get over and grab that early early bird discount and use our discount code to save an extra 20 percent free talk live is our code you can just take the spaces out and just use that as one word free talk live to save 20 percent on your pork fest registration and george thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight i appreciate hearing from you i'm excited it's a great time at pork fest i mean they're gonna have everything from your usual kind of campground activities like campfires and parties and uh, of course kids uh, activities family fun lots of that there's going to be live musical performances as well. Soapbox Idol is coming back. Uh, Freekeen.com is sponsoring it once again, which is one of the most popular events at uh, Porkfest where people get up. I think that they're given three minutes. Three minutes to rant. Three minutes to just go off on whatever it is they want to do uh, with a microphone. And then there's a panel of judges uh, that decides who is the uh, the soapbox idol at the end of all of it. There's also going to be uh, the Free Keen Karaoke, uh, which is uh, is going to be coming back uh, this year. There was karaoke last year that was fairly popular. So they're bringing that one back. And there's a number of you know panel discussions. There's some hams in the audience, no doubt. Speeches <laughs> and uh, also tours around New Hampshire as well. So great opportunity during the week. This is a, a week-long event. Uh, you'll have the chance to hop on a tour bus and go and see places like Manchester and Keene and the Seacoast and uh, the Concord area, stuff like that. So, again, porkfest.com to learn more, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. As we continue here, our number three is next. We saw, what, two more of these reasons why democracy is yes. not, never going to work? We'll uh, hopefully wrap those two out and take your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. You take control at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's the shirt you wear most. An essential in any professional man's wardrobe. It's the white dress shirt. And for over half a century, the Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt has set the standard for quality, comfort, and style. It regularly starts at $40 or more. But we're so confident that it will become your favorite shirt, we're making it available at the exclusive introductory price of only $19.95. 
Go to 1995shirt.com and choose our classic button-down with button cuffs or our traditional straight collar with either button or French cuffs. Choose from regular, trim, and big and tall sizes with 55 combinations of collar and sleeve lengths for an exact fit. Order today and you'll also receive free monogramming and 850 value. Go to 1995shirt.com right now to order your Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt for just $19.95. Enter promo code TUCK. That's 1995shirt.com. Promo code TUCK. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. Uh, Don't forget, you can visit us online at freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. You'll see that the main page of the site has different items on it with numbers next to them. Those items are submitted by listeners like you, maybe even you. Uh, And then other listeners can vote on whether they like or dislike whatever those things are. Maybe it's a YouTube video or a news article or a blog post, something you find online that you think is interesting. You submit it. Others vote. The most voted up. Make it to the front page and the top of the website. Maybe we're more likely to see whatever that is. Uh, Maybe more likely to talk about it. At the very least, it'll get more exposure to some of our other listeners so go and get interactive it's all free at freetalklive.com so throughout the evening tonight for those of you just tuning in we've been sharing uh, the five reasons why democracy will never work and uh can you get a quick recap, recap them sure yeah this is from no. crack.com yeah this is the five five reasons humanity is terrible at democracy is what uh, it is under at crack.com number five our opinion on an issue is based on how it's worded and so true we all know this is true Number four, watching the news actually makes us, well, they say stupider. <laughs> here. Which is a uh, and, bad grammar. Yeah, but I, you know, they're, they're kind of making a joke. Right. I just don't want to get blamed for it. Right. <laughs> um, and the, by, by this, they, they prove, they, they, they show studies where people have, who watch the, the news, that the, the folks that pour over CNN, in fact, well, they, they are less informed on the issues than people who don't. More and, ignorant than yeah. on average. And number three, political pundits are even worse than the news, and which of course these news channels are full of political pundits. Mm-hmm. So because um, they got twenty four hours to fill, and then they go on with number two: the more informed you are, the more partisan you are. Think fast. In your opinion, what group of people is most dishonest or ignorant? Democrats or Republicans? Politicians. <laughs> <laughs> but the statement is true. I mean, I am very, very partisan towards freedom, just not partisan towards yeah. Republican we don't have or a party, Democrat. so you couldn't be partisan. But, but what if okay. there were no parties? Right. You couldn't be partisan if there were no parties. But really? we are biased in our political opinion. Okay. Just from the demographics of our readership, they're referring to crack.com, a whole bunch of you just said, Tea Party members are Southern conservatives. And I guess that means that uh, Democrats or whatever, liberals or whatever, read their Well, blog. by the way, the definition of partisan is an adherent or supporter of a person, group, party, or cause. So we are partisans toward liberty. Okay. Um, I think partisan refers to parties. When you're referring to the typical political usage, mm-hmm. yes, but the, the actual term is a much wider term. Okay, uh, I mean, you know, it, it seems to be from the root word party. An mm, entomology there. Anyway, um, that's fine. They say the same about you, uh, referring to the <laughs> Tea Party members in the Southern De- Conservatives. Polls consistently show that we think 
that's we as in people think that those who disagree with us politically are simply bad people on a personal level. I don't level. think that. Well, it's not, I used to, yeah, but I don't think that anymore. I, I te- right. I, I, te- I have a tendency towards that same feeling, but I know that this is, um, you know, this is not a system that works. You have to respect people, their concerns, and the things that they are concerned about. And if you can do that, if you can get in their world, then you can talk to them in a manner that might actually change their mind. Yeah, I I used to believe that uh, you know the government because they do bad things because they hurt peaceful people were bad people but I think that really now I've come to the conclusion that uh, government people are really folks that are just like the rest of us it's just that they've got some false and flawed premises it doesn't mean that they're they're bad human beings it most well some of them are psychopaths but uh, <laughs> I think most of them are people that think they're doing what's right. They're, they believe that what they're doing is the right thing for, for the world and for their lives. And I don't blame them for that. And I don't blame them for being, uh, you know, not clued into a lot of truth. And I, I just, uh, coming at them with compassion and love is a much more appropriate way of, of uh, handling these folks and hoping to try to persuade these people than coming at them with anger and vitriol and, and hatred. Anyway, go ahead. So it says uh, now. Now take a look at this study, and it refers to a study here, which compared a person's average political knowledge with their primary source of news. So they, um, you know, rather than just just the news of the day, which the previous one was talking about, the facts and that kind of thing, talking about their political knowledge and their um, and. And, and the, what they're like whatever's outside of what's being broadcast on the punditry shows. Yes. Like what what do they know about issues that they didn't hear about last week on Glenn Beck well, or no, 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 Rachel uh, Meadow? No. Um, actually, that this does include people that are on the pundit shows. This is um, the previous one studied sort of facts. You know, where where was the uh, where is the uh, nuclear plant uh, that uh, is going radioactive in in Japan? Mm hmm. You know, so, so, you know, that kind of thing. And the, the people, apparently people that don't watch the news are better at those kind of things than people who do watch the news. So what's this Sad one saying? Sad and weird um, or, or whatever. This one says, uh, so if the average political knowledge with their primary source uh, of news, the results are surprising. Most knowledgeable groups were the viewers of The Daily Show and The Colbert Report. Mm. Hot on their heels, fans of Bill O'Reilly and Rush Limbaugh. Never mind the fact that it's a pretty bad sign that the most politically educated people in the country are relying on either comedy shows or political pundits for their news. The key is that these outlets are primarily about ruthlessly mocking and dismissing the other side. And that yet they attract the more knowledgeable voters, not the less knowledgeable voter. So there appears to be a horrible process that works like this. A. In order to want to learn more about the political issues, you must be enthusiastic about politics. B. Enthusiasm about politics means you're more likely to be emotionally invested in the issues. C. Emotional investment in the issues means a more negative attitude towards anyone who disagrees. And D. A negative attitude towards some um, towards someone means that being more dis- dismissive of his or her point of view and being less open to changing your mind based on anything that he or her, um, he or her says. Which sounds like polarization. For example, you, you talk to a Republican about a war, about being anti-war, they think you're a Democrat. If you talk about yeah. to with a Democrat about economic freedom, they think you're a Republican. And uh, he goes on to say, in the, in the world of psychology, they call this attitude polarization. <laughs> the more, there we go. The more times the average person spends talking about a subject, the more extreme his position becomes. <laughs> <laughs> You're an extremist! <laughs> Slavery! Even so if true. he doesn't run across any new information. Simply repeating your own beliefs to yourself 
makes them makes those beliefs stronger. Mm. And it gets even worse when we wind up in a group, say on an internet message board full of people who agree with us, where we can all congratulate each other on being right. Researchers call that... So come to New Hampshire and join the group of libertarian types, <laughs> liberty-minded people. They call that group pol- group polarization in public, in private. Um, no, never mind. There's a joke, a dirty joke involved there. Uh, of course, once uh, you get the point where you're uh, rooting so hard for one side of an issue that you're just short of uh, painting your chest in team colors, then all the time is spent reading up on the issues stops being about becoming an informed citizen and becomes more about accumulating ammunition for your next argument. <laughs> number one. No, 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 no. We'll get to number one here in oh, a little yeah, bit. Oh, yeah, this is a We're terrible gonna... time to, uh, to, to pull this off. Well, so... besides, we've got folks that want to comment and okay. uh, share their thoughts. So 800-259-9231. But that's so true. I mean, if you look at the way argumentation goes, you look at um, like a debate, for instance, typically. And this is what they teach in government school, by the way. I remember they taught me about how to debate in government school. And the idea is you basically dig in your trench, which is, of course, your belief system. And uh, and then as the other person is spouting off what their belief system is on whatever the issue is, you are busily preparing what you're going to say the next salvo in return. So you can write you can fire off your ideas uh, back at them. And essentially, no one actually ever comes to any persuasive uh, conclusions from the other side. They, they aren't persuaded. They're just busily, you know, lobbing bombs, verbal bombs at uh, at one another and. Maybe if you're lucky, someone in the audience will be persuaded. But uh, that's what they're—that's kind of what they're talking about here. Is people are digging in there, uh, and they're just trying to bolster their own particular viewpoint. And that comes back to the the whole cognitive dissonance thing, where even when contradictory information comes in, that they just chuck that right out the door because, well, they've already had they already have their viewpoint, and they would prefer not to be wrong. So, uh, so just let's just chuck anything that uh, that is contradictory or challenges uh, our belief system. And of course, the liberty mindset doesn't take positions on issues in that same kind of way. It's not coming down from like the top down from some political class uh, that to where we then have well, okay, our political leaders have said this, so now we need to bolster our viewpoint. Well, we come at it from a principled perspective of well. We don't know what the solutions are. There may be different solutions. I'm not going to advocate for one or another, but my solution involves not using force on people. Whatever comes out of that starting point. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the webcam there. We've got the cam and the chat room built into the same page. You can watch, listen, and if you choose, you may interact with other listeners as well. All for free over at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. The cam brought to you by Memory Dealers. Memorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers including SFPs, XFPs, GBIX, Zenpax, and X2s. They're all 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. 
They also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. In some cases, they can do that private labeling overnight, in stock, ready to ship the overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. All right. If we get a chance, we'll uh, get to the very remaining reason why democracy will uh, never work. But uh, first, we continue with your phone calls. Ladies, come first. Let's talk to Connie, listening in Pennsylvania. Connie, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey, Connie. Nice to meet you. Oh, well, um, we haven't met, but what's I on your mind? I went through a situation, and somebody gave me your number because they, they really they must listen to you a lot. Okay. And they felt that it was very imperative that I call in. Okay, what happened? Tell us the story. Well, I uh, I had been diagnosed with my nervous system. You have to get that part of it first, with my nervous system being pinched and a split in my spinal cord. Ooh. So I had to, yeah, they gave me a pain diagnosis uh, of a cancer patient that all we can do is try to keep you comfortable. Over a 10-year period, the pain rose to such an extreme. Uh, I honestly wanted to die. There were times when I even tried, sometimes when I begged God, uh, and I, I got kind of caught up in a research at Geisinger. I call it the, the, the research merry-go-round. You know, let's try to get this, let's try to do that. And, and nobody, the, the main thing is they didn't want to touch it. So I understand that part. But by, and I got kind of caught up and it took longer, pain got worse, etc. But by a year ago, no, year ago, October, the neurosurgeon said, that's it. We got to go in. I don't have an alternative. Prayerfully, the aim is to stop it, but if not, to put it on hold. When he got in there, he found that he had to reconstruct my whole spine. Now I'm metal from just over my tailbone. Wow. To blow my neck, and I never authorized that part. I was forced out of a rehab two weeks after surgery against his wishes. No body brace, nothing to go home alone. My whole body within a week locked up, and uh, I was in and out of hospital with morphine drips, but nobody's still actually really addressing the issue. They're just keeping me out of pain. Mm. Uh, I, I was forced to just be at home. Everything from little eight year olds to 95 year olds were, were staying there just to keep me sane, to keep me comfortable at that time. And, and of course that's, you know, within a couple of months at that time, there was some people living above me that, uh, a young couple, they were burning drugs, getting the, the teenagers into it 24 hour a day party, and, and we're not talking about a big city. We're talking about a Pennsylvania borough, coal country. Okay. And the officers I, I've known for about 10 years, but they had recently, it used to be a very corrupt town. They had gotten a new police chief, a new Chris, for the better part of the 10 years I lived there, uh, just before I had surgery uh, in 2009, they had... Not the people, but but the committee, you know, that big word committee, uh, had forced him out. And Which committee got, are we talking about? Like had forced him out. Uh, Frackville, it's, it, it was like a city, people getting together, the mayor, the people, not even professionally done, just going, look, he's trying to get the corruption out. We can't have this. We can't buy You're saying the police chief was trying to get corruption out? Uh, yes. Okay. And and he was kicked out 
and they had a lady shell that actually had worked in, in another corrupt community come in and with her came and all this happening at the same time with her came a new officer and I apologize I'll go from anger I'll go mostly scared and crying but I would call him task force one-on-one because he would do that if he he didn't care if your cat was up the thing he had to come in with shotguns and everything else because he just thought something criminally insane was going on well during the time I would that's telling you the character it's telling you the medical telling you the things that were going on okay all right two weeks after that after the, my body so I, that would have been within two months of that kind of surgery the people upstairs, like I said, were running drugs. They, they, they stole a government cell phone of mine, and because it was government issue, you know, it was like private. I had to have this phone back. And uh, I, I didn't go near them. They stole some other things, broke in. So, of course, you're going to report it to the police. This new officer came. He took the report went up in the process, did get retrieved some stuff and, wished, and, and retrieved my cellular phone, uh, but also caught him with drugs. Mm-hmm. Now, you think that would be pretty much closed, that's it. Within the next month, every day, well, actually within the next two, two and a half, three weeks, every day he was at my door asking me uh just bizarre questions, knowing that I can't even hardly get to the door. Uh, you know, do you do you go party at so and so? And I said, Sir, what, what are you talking? And it would be just bizarre things. Then he, then I found out that um, he thought that I was the one running drugs. That I set them up. Uh, my neurosurgeon's going bonkers. What's going on? Uh, he he had three people right there in that neighborhood because they came to me to make sure I was okay and I was safe. They mm-hmm. were business people. Said that this officer went to them and wanted them to lie on me and say that there was nothing wrong, that the Pierres were not bothering me, and that I was just making that up because I didn't have anything better to do. Well, so they, you're they saying this me. this uh, rogue agent, this officer, was uh, running cover for the people that were dealing drugs above you? Sure. He had to have been because Bizarre. he kept saying, you're playing me, Connie. And I said, but he never actually, you never for... actually ended up getting arrested for anything? No. Well, here's and, what I'd recommend uh, for you to do. I mean, it's a, it's a tough he situation. Did, he ended a... up running me out of town because oh, really? I, I couldn't. Yeah, he, he said, well, I'm going to go ahead and take him to court. Now, this is how bizarre Well, I wish we had more time, but we don't. Unfortunately, we've got to get some other okay. people on here. I'm well, sorry to hear your story. Here's what I would recommend uh, that you do is not answer the door for the police. Uh, there's nothing that you can benefit from talking to these people. As you can see, you know, they, they continually harass people. They think they can get away with harassing, and in most cases, they can. And I'm sorry that you ended up getting run out of town uh, by this, uh, yeah, this guy. I, if, if you're scared, you know. <laughs> you got to leave. Right. I mean, these, these people have power. They have control over others, and they're not afraid to, uh, to exercise it. And uh, good luck wherever it is you ended up. 800-259-9231. Sorry, the police just aren't there to keep you safe. They're not there to protect you. They're there to put warm bodies in cold cells. And thank goodness she didn't end up there. I mean, with a s- significant health problem like she had. Can you imagine being in jail with that? Probably killer. Uh, yeah, more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You take control, bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a mobile site for those of you with a smartphone. You want quick access to our live streams and podcasts. Go to m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the in the area of accounts receivable and collections, consider SACL CAI. They are the one of the main sponsors of Free Talk Live. They have been for, for many years. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, big proponent of liberty, and they can help you. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customer and treating them with respect. SACL CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page, SACL CAI. All right, so uh, we continue here. Just a few more thoughts for Connie. We'll grab uh, more, more of your phone calls. But Connie called with a, you know, just a horrifying story of uh, going through a lot of personal trauma, like physical problems with her body. And then to add insult to injury, this uh, rogue cop officer, you know, badge heavy or whatever his name is, uh, started coming around, sniffing around and uh, basically took an interest in her as a a potential drug dealer, uh, allegedly finding invalids, you know, and and, uh, charging and, and, you know, proposing that they're. Dealing the drugs in town. I have no idea what his motivation is or his mindset was, but nonetheless, We've talked to Barry Cooper, a former narcotics agent uh, from Texas, who now has kind of made a name for himself by coming out against the war on drugs at his website, NeverGetBusted.com. And one of the things that Barry Cooper has said that I think is really good advice is to just never talk to the police unless you called them to come to your house for some reason, which I generally would recommend against as well. Well, she did Um, in this case. Uh, yeah, but but he kept she, coming back. Right, she had to get the uh, she had to get that cell phone. Uh, right, she called because yeah. she believed her neighbors had com- committed theft. But and apparently, was uh, you know that was shown to be true. But when this guy kept coming back, he was targeting her, and uh, it's just usually a really poor idea to talk to these guys. They're gathering evidence when they're asking questions of you. They are gathering evidence to use against you, and uh, it doesn't matter if they don't have you in handcuffs. They are gathering evidence, uh, so please. You cannot really benefit yourself by talking to these folks. You have no obligation to speak to them at all. You do not have an obligation to open the door when they knock. And if you have, for instance, this guy coming to your front door and knocking on your front door, just ignore him. Turn up the TV or whatever. Do whatever it is you're doing. Put your headphones on. Uh, but do not go and talk to this individual because it just – I can't see how it would uh, would help you. And in her case, it just scared her so much. That she ended up having to leave. Yeah. So we'll continue with yeah. your phone calls and talk to Chris listening in Virginia Beach to WTAR. Hello, Chris. Chris in Virginia Hello. Beach. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, you're absolutely right. These police are out of control, man. And I, yep. I feel for her, but I, I don't understand how her 
where she was coming from as far as um, you guys talking about why democracy will never work in this country. Uh, well, it, it, this is Free Talk Live. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I understand It's open that, phones. But, any topic, anything right, goes. Right. We go anywhere you want. So what's you got, on your mind? You've got to anyway, be flexible on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I'm not from Virginia Beach. I, I, I'm from Detroit, Michigan, mm-hmm. and I was recently living in New Hampshire. Oh wow! And right. I loved it up there. I lived in Manchester. Oh, Unfortunately, right. it was too cold for me, so I'm just kind of, you know, staying here until it warms up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the reason democracy won't work in this country anymore is because I, I got an A in American history, and we now live in a totalitarian dictatorship. We're 250 years of history, and we've gone back to exactly where we were before. You know, I don't know what what happened to separation of church and state. And and you know these people. If you look, if you look in the diction, in the encyclopedia under totalitarian, it's when they the government controls your mining, your schools, your broadcast, your 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 churches, um, your transportation, and that's exactly what it says in the encyclopedia. And that's what they're doing today. You've got the Department of of, of Transportation, you've got the Transportation Transportation Security Administration. Yeah, there's nothing the that social, they don't have. There's nothing that the government doesn't they have its tentacles into. Control. This is out of control, and you're absolutely right. All they are doing is trying to put warm bodies in cold cells, and I see it all the time. Last June, when I was in Detroit, I went to the air air races on the Detroit River, and it was just a weekend thing. I wanted to go see the airplanes. I'm an airplane buff, and you would not believe the government presence. They did a quiet takeover of the entire city of Detroit. The Department of Homeland Security had a mobile command center set up next to the Renaissance Center, okay? FBI was all over the place, ATF. They had two Wait a minute, wait a minute, Chris. Doesn't that make you feel safe? No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and Why? Right. We never needed it before. You know, when Rome fell, okay, their dictators, they had their guards, they're, you know, all over the city, you know? And, and and here we are, too, you know, the same thing's happening here. They're yep. telling us what to do. They're telling me I have to buy um, a, a health insurance, and, and I'm, I don't need it. You know, and they're telling me this, and they're telling me what to, you know, everything. They're controlling and they'll every never aspect stop. of our life. Right, and they'll and, and, never stop. There's always a next step. There's always another program. There's always another level of funding that they need, and they, they always have to increase their presence, and they, they never stop. And there's only one thing that's going to put a stop to them. And that is when you and I and everybody else listening actually decides to do something more than try to vote their way out of the situation because voting it's not going to work. Yeah. The framers of our constitution do not want do not want this. You know, the, well, I don't the, know what the they corporations, want. The corporations are the are the ones in control right now. Thomas Jefferson wrote a letter to Secretary of the Treasury Albert Gallatin in 1806, and it said that if if corporations and private banks are ever allowed to control the issue of our currency. Our children are going to wake up homeless on the continent their forefathers conquered. And here we are, yep. 200 years later. Here we are. But, you know, there were different factions within the Founding Fathers. For example, Alexander Hamilton was more of a British mercantilist, and he he really was in favor of central banking and all those things that have come into prominence today. And as our society or any society throughout history becomes too complex, eventually it collapses. And I think exactly. that's what we're headed 
Absolutely. for. Chris, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight, dude. I appreciate hearing from you. Look, uh, if people want to, to change this situation, because I agree, totalitarianism is a scary thing. We're seeing the rise of the police state all around us. I mean, it's, it's hard to ignore the evidence of this stuff, and it's going to become more and more difficult to ignore over time as they, again, ratchet up the, uh, the level of intensity that, uh, that we're dealing with. I mean, we don't have house-to-house searches yet, but just give them time. We're already seeing more uh, police checkpoints. There was actually a copblock.org posted a great video of the activists down in Austin today. Uh, and I don't know when this was filmed. It may have been fairly recently. But uh, the John Bush and some of the other folks down in Austin, Texas, got dressed up in Nazi uniforms. Did either of you see this video? I didn't see the video. Oh, it's great stuff. It actually reminded me a lot of uh, what happened here in New Hampshire a few years ago when Jim Johnson and Lauren Canario yes. dressed up as Nazis and set up a, at, a Nazi checkpoint. At the anti-real ID Correct. Uh, right protest. out front of the state house. They were asking everybody for their papers. Yeah. And so John Bush and his uh, crew went into the Austin uh, state house. Uh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. They went into the state house uh, there in the Capitol and they went into different senators offices and they pr- they were trying to present the senator with like an award from the Nazis <laughs> because they're right. And that's great. And the reason why is because there's this bill in Texas that is going to create paperwork checkpoints. Wow. Where you've heard about DUI checkpoints before, which are kind of de facto paperwork checkpoints, yeah. but they are actually creating legislation to authorize legally just plain old checkpoints, not DUI checkpoints, but checkpoints where you show your papers. And so they come in there with fake German accents. They've got the whole <laughs> Nazi regalia, even swastikas on. I mean, like taking it to the next level. Yeah, um, they've got it to the next level. They've got swastika. They've got signage that is, you know, pro, uh, you know, Nazi support senator so and so or whatever. <laughs> and and they actually had this nice little plaque made up or this kind of this diploma looking thing with a gold seal on it and everything that you know was uh, basically they would read so it off to did the they secretary. Go to jail or not? Nobody was uh, nobody was arrested, oh but uh, but at one point they you know they were kicked out of an office or two. And I bet. Or and the, two. the Texas state troopers tried to intimidate them, and so there's footage of all this over at Cop Block. But it was really great, uh, great activism and, and good good theater as well as as they call it uh, uh, political theater. And uh, so I, you know I don't know where I was going to go with that, but I guess you know the police state on the rise. The only thing you can do is to actually stand up against it and refuse to obey. And better than that, get together with other like-minded people in the same place so we can refuse to obey together. Because if you keep going along to get along, then you'll keep getting what you've gotten, which is more of the same. More government, more control, more taxes. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of it. 800-259-9231. Moments remain. Maybe enough time for your thoughts. Coming up, this is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Maybe enough time for you and your thoughts tonight at 800-259-9231. That never brought to you by SACL CAI. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com. Get yourself a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world at promote.freetalklive.com. As we continue with your phone calls, Barry, listening in Minnesota to WNMT and Hipping. Hello, Barry. Hey, guys. Uh, last night I was glad that you mentioned the Codex Elementarius. Yes, Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who don't know, that's basically just like a U.N. proclamation proclaiming 
basically the synthesis, I guess, would be that vitamins are toxins and toxins are vitamins. In the end is basically what I get out of the thing. And that they need to be but, regulated and, and, and controlled very, very heavily. Yeah. What people don't know about this, though, is uh, Senate Bill 510, I believe, is the one, the food safety bill. Yep. They use those exact words, Codex Element, actually, they use Codex Elementarius and Codex uh, Elementations. And that's in that food safety bill, mm-hmm. saying that they'll comply with that. Mm-hmm. And you guys are talking about how horrible it would be for that to happen or whatever, but that already happened. Um, and just two other quick things. I was also the swastika guy last night, and I got you off on that. I, of course, did know of the other uses of the swastika, and you guys were totally right on, dead on. It's too late for the swastika. I was <laughs> glad, that you, <laughs> glad that you guys were dead on that one. And Unless you're using it for political theater like uh, the folks down in Austin did, where they oh, actually yes. dressed up as I'm a, I'm Nazis a, to support the state. Yeah, I'm a free speecher, too, so I'm not really hard on anybody and their symbols, but w- the point was is that, you know, it's a little bit late for the swastika. You guys are generally right. The other thing is I hope to get you guys on record. What are your thoughts on Ron Paul? I'm not sure. I've heard you talk about it. I don't know where you guys are at because you're... Ron Paul is a like. nice guy uh, from what I can tell. We've had him on the show at least once. I maybe think a couple times. Maybe twice. Uh, we've definitely, you know, we're aware of Ron Paul, and I think he's did I, I a great it. job in the year 2008 to bring a lot of new people to the ideas of liberty. I can say specifically that the Ron Paul campaign brought to people to the idea of the Free State Project, and specifically to move here to New Hampshire. So Ron Paul linked a lot of people that were new, new blood, into the liberty movement, and for that alone, uh, he should be appreciated. Great. I appreciate your answer, uh you guys have a good night. I Thanks think for the that call. there's another guy running for president, though, um, that I, I think I like a little more, Gary Johnson. Yeah, he's a nice guy, too. We actually yeah. had him in the mm-hmm. studio. I, I wouldn't feel bad if either one of them was the uh, the nominee for whatever reason, but I think that they could split the already small uh, Liberty vote. I think they should get together and uh, you know somehow come to some agreement so that everybody can get behind him. Yeah, Ron Paul's got some problems as far as uh, him running. Gary Johnson's got some, uh, <laughs> s- some things that could be shorn up by Ron Paul, too. You know, at CPAC, Ron Paul won again this year with 30% of the vote, but the, the thing they didn't really talk about was Gary Johnson got about 9%, so if you can Buying the two, they really it was almost forty percent of the vote yeah. at CPAC. I thought it was six for Gary Johnson, but I, I maybe misrecalling. Uh, it was six. I thought it was nine. Let's go back to Chris, so or good. let's go to Chris rather, listening in California. Uh, hello, Chris. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, what's up, you guys? Hey, uh, real quick. Um, first question. Sorry, let me make this real quick. Uh, is that Ian Freeman that was on YouTube that got arrested? Uh, for not sitting down or standing up quick enough when the judge said to or whatever. Yeah, That's that right. was me. Yep. He's the dude. Oh, <laughs> what's up, dude? That was that was that was absolutely ridiculous. But sure, it was. That yep. was great at the same time. But anyways, um, no, I just had a quick question um, or a couple of them. How is your guys's, uh, um, I guess, policy enforcers at your police officers and or peace officers? I should say in Keen, um, because I don't have a driver's license. I don't. I refuse to get one and uh, license or registration and insurance stuff and. I want to move out there from California, um, actually me and a couple of my buddies and stuff, and um, move out to Keene. And I don't know, just what's... Tell well, me they're not as bad it. as some it. cops. I think that the Keene cops are a little better than, like, for instance, a lot of the cops down south where, uh, where I originally hail from, uh, or right. from, from where I originally hail. 
And uh, so I think that, uh, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with some of them, and many of them are open to ideas like drug decriminalization or at the very least legalizing marijuana. But that doesn't mean they're not going to arrest you. That doesn't mean they're not going to follow orders. Um, so right. obviously there's, you know, they're the police. <laughs> they're they're yeah, not yeah. peace officers. They are law enforcement yeah. officers, and right. they, they will act that way. Um, but uh, that said, it's nice to be around activists uh, when you're dealing with these folks instead of being alone right. uh, in dealing with them. And in fact, you know, it's funny that you're calling on this topic from California. We actually just had uh, just yesterday two people from California make the move out here. And one of them oh, is really? uh, is a free man on the land. He's somebody who's been experimenting with living life as a sovereign um, and has kind of has years of experience at this. So it should be yeah. interesting to see how he uh, gets along with with these guys, because a lot of us out here we don't have that uh, that level of experience and so having people who have a certain viewpoint apply that viewpoint apply what they believe will be a good solution uh to achieving more freedom in our lifetime and and see what happens i'm i'm very excited to see that yeah i don't think there's a safe place in the united states for somebody who drives around without a driver's license or license plate but i'm interested to see what your tricks are Right. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm learning a lot about my uh, my sovereignty right now. Uh, my common law right to travel and stuff. You know, I don't follow the Constitution. It's more common law. You know, as long as I don't hurt anybody or violate anybody else's rights, I've done nothing wrong. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, this the anyway. guy that came in here this week. He was talking about how he wants to go up against that same judge that uh, that arrested me, uh, Judge Burke. And you know he's got a, he's got stars in his eyes to some extent because he thinks he's going to be able to get Judge Burke to like swear in under common law uh, in this right. courtroom. And I'm just I told yeah. him, look, make sure you're ready to go to jail for contempt of court because that's yeah. most likely what's going to happen. Yeah, it's pretty difficult. I'm actually um, working on something out here uh, in California, just uh, driving without a license and stuff. And and it's it's pretty gnarly, you know, just going in and gotta you know know who you are and who your straw man is, and you know just try not to. You know, uh, I guess. I think it's all very interesting theory. I've never seen it work. I've never seen it work for anybody, dude. So I hope that you can actually prove that uh, that it works because it's to me, it's just uh, it's just nothing more than theory. I've tried stuff like that. And it doesn't get you anywhere. Uh, the the, no, the fact right. is, these people don't care about any of that stuff. Yeah. They are going to do what they want to because they have men with guns and cages, and they're willing right. to put you in them. But that's empty cages. But that <laughs> said, that's a problem. I think that uh, it's interesting to see people try these things. Maybe uh, you know somebody will do something yep. amazing, and we'll all learn from their mistakes or their I successes. I love the taste of crow. Please make me eat some. Uh, yeah, so come on out here and join the fun because there's a lot of people that are trying different approaches. And as far as the freedom to travel thing, I have actually been uh, ticketed for that and had my card towed. I uh, drove around with a private plate on for uh, for a while, and I plan on doing it again. So hopefully we'll have more people out here to do that. In fact, one of our uh, friends from the Grafton area was driving through Keene and was pulled over for, I think it was driving while his license was suspended, but I'm not positive. So he's actually going to court soon on the freedom to travel issue, and he's been studying. Right this for years so this should be very interesting to watch that happen and, and again uh being here to back somebody like that up is an important thing so any what was your other question um actually i guess you can kind of put in two um jobs and housing like oh. how, how is it like uh, we guess, have both yeah if you have it <laughs> well i, I mean, mean keen is a small city so obviously right. there's going to be more jobs in a place like manchester and uh, right. I'm going to answer, answer the question. Oh, cops are gone. Good. Okay, so uh, the more jobs in a bigger place like Manchester, which is four That's times the 
population uh, versus Keene. But Keene, you know, has big box stores and things like that. So it's not a small economy uh, necessarily. Okay. So there are jobs here. And in fact, the Free Keene website, freekeen.com, actually has jobs and housing sections uh, to help you. Oh, okay. So you could go to jobs.freekeen.com or housing.freekeen.com, and that'll take you to our forum in the right, uh, the right places where there are different links to different resources where you can hunt around for jobs, uh, where you can look at look at housing options and rentals and, and possible rooms that are available and stuff like that. Awesome. Well, cool. Thank you very much, you guys. I totally appreciate it and, uh, and for having me with you guys. Thanks for the call, dude. We look forward to seeing you in New Hampshire, wherever you end up, and uh, appreciate, uh, your, appreciate your call tonight. Uh, 800-259-9231. But make sure that you're prepared to make the move, right? I mean, don't just come up here with no money and expect people to take care of you. You've got to have it together. Make sure you can take care of yourself uh, when, when you come up here. Of course, springtime is a great time to move. Uh, obviously, we're coming... winter is at least eight months away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of fun that uh, can be had when you're around other like-minded, liberty-oriented people. And you can join the fun at uh, freekeen.com or go to freestateproject.org to learn more about New Hampshire. As we go to Ricky, listening in Virginia to WTAR. Hello, Ricky. Ricky is gone. In that case, let's talk to Michael in Huntsville, listening to WBHP. Hello, Michael. Yeah, hi. How are you guys doing? Michael, hey. we're doing well, but we're short on time, so keep your thoughts Yeah, quick. all right. This is just very quick, and this magazine called Zine uh, 22, it's out of Beaver, Oregon, the article in there that, for, believe it or not, back in 1931, Nikola Tesla, you guys heard of him, haven't you? Yes. Yep. Heard mm-hmm. the name, sure. All right. Well, he, had a, he had invented this electric motor and this special uh, receiver where he was able to power it off the Earth's magnetic field. And, and, and he said, well, that thing right there, they can power everything off of that. But, of course, naturally, that's being held back from us. Yeah, you know, really, I've heard, I've heard the same thing before, and um, you'd think somebody would come up with it in, in this world of alternative energy where everybody's trying stuff and everybody can communicate on the Internet uh, without any difficulties, that somebody would just put it out there and, you know, make it so that people could build it. But they haven't. Or maybe they've just been suppressed by the men in black. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. We're out of time. Vinny in here with you. Wayne, too. And Mark. See you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post. And I have today with me Robert Owens. Robert, you there? I'm right here. That's good news. Now, you and I met at the Nullify Now event in New Hampshire. Yes, we did. That was a great event, wasn't it? Yep. I, you know, it was It was a very nice event. Thank you. Um, and you had a book that kind of caught my attention. Um, you know, the, the Nullify Now events, they tend to attract a little more Republican-y audience than, uh, than per, you know, that, 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 than, say, my shows it necessarily aimed at, but yours, I found uh, the title of your book to be so iconoclastic that I just, I had to do this interview and it's called the constitution failed. Now the title of your book is the constitution failed. You're simply going to have to defend that. Okay. Right now, right now, defend away, Robert. All right. How about this? The constitution was written. It was ratified. And it was instituted to set up a, a limited government and to maintain a limited government. That's what we were told. 
That's what we're told. At this point, we have basically an unlimited government. Now, wasn't the Constitution actually um, instituted in order to have a bigger government than the Articles of Confederation had? Well, that was that you could call that one purpose, that they wanted a more uh, comprehensive government, a government that had uh, power to do many things. It did create a much larger and a much more powerful government, that is for sure. No, but it it also was... Go ahead. It was also instituted and and expressly, uh, if you re- when you read the, the arguments of the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, and you look at the document itself, there are, you know the checks and balances. There are many things there to keep the government from becoming a tyranny. I guess and it did fail. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why. Yeah, that's right. You know, I never. I, I most people. Uh, don't ask me to defend the fact that it's not operating at the moment. They just want to uh, debate, well, what did the Constitution itself fail because of intrinsic uh, weaknesses, or did we fail the Constitution? Yeah, you know, I I get that a lot here on uh, on my show. I'll I'll make the same argument. Uh, My my argument comes from Lysander Spooner, um, who set up a competing post office in the 1870s, I think it was. And his uh, his comment was that either the Constitution um, authorized all the tyranny that they had in 1870, or it was powerless to defend against it. So, um, you know, essentially my position very similar to yours and people that say that we failed the Constitution are holding, as best I can tell, holding it up as though it's some kind of religious uh, icon or something, as though it it has a personality. How can you defend Uh a piece of paper? It didn't come down from a mountain. It came came out of a room. A committee. And we know what they they create. That's right. You know, and, and this is something when I talk to people, I, I always like to point out, because some people, you know, when I say the Constitution failed, they'll say, well, hey, wait a minute. You know, I like my freedom of speech, and I, I you know, I appreciate my freedom of assembly, and I like the right to bear arms. And I always remind them, none of that's in the Constitution. That's all in the amendments. Yeah. That's in the if first. It was written. Go ahead. It didn't include the first ten amendments, the Bill of Rights. And that's the document the framers wrote and that they defended to be ratified without the amendments. The amendments are only there because the anti-federalists fought so hard they couldn't ratify it without them. So, um, so. And, and also, these, uh, these amendments, they don't actually give you freedom of speech or any of these oh, other no. things. Those things come from, supposedly, from your creator or uh, the fact that you are able to claim them or whatever one might might claim um you know that that rights right well i guess they come from rights come from self-ownership and i think that self-ownership can, is demonstrable so um you know that i i guess that's where the the rights in fact come from and that the, the bill of rights just sort of enumerate them some of them i certainly believe in self-ownership but i i as a country we've always pointed back to the declaration of independence which says we have certain unalienable rights Da, 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 yeah. and, and that's where we point back to that's where the rights philosophically in this country come. We say they're endowed by our creator, that they're not given by the, the government. It's just that the government in the, in the, you know, if you look at the ten, 
Ten Amendments, the Bill of Rights, it's all about the government shall not. The government shall not. It's always it's limiting government. Yeah. It's a, it, you know, supposedly and, the Constitution is a document meant to, uh, to 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 bring the government into effect and then limit it. It's supposed to tie it down with the chains of the Constitution. And, right. I, you know, from what I can tell, we've got the biggest government the world has ever seen. And that would mean that, of course, the Constitution didn't do a very good job of chaining it. Well, it's to the point. And, I mean, you and your listeners probably are... I imagine are all people who are engaged in watching the shows and the, listening to the radio. And if you watch some of these, like, Sunday morning talk shows, our senators and congressmen get on there, and they'll, be, they'll, they'll ask, well, where in the Constitution do you find the right to do something like require everybody to buy health insurance? Mm-hmm. And they'll just laugh and say, well, most of what we do isn't in the Constitution. And they, that's an actual quote. Another one actually said, "Well, we'll just why don't we we'll just pass laws and let the courts decide." Yeah, well, you know, to some extent, that's what the Constitution says to do, or at least what we were told in civics class, right? But uh, that's not correct because the 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 whole thing about uh, judicial review isn't in the Constitution. That's not part of the original idea. Of well, they've government. got appellate jurisdiction, was, right? It has appellate jurisdiction. But it does not. There's nowhere in it that it's given the right to declare laws unconstitutional and set aside legislative acts. Okay, that was appropriated by Justice Marshall, the second uh, Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice. He put that into uh, effect in so, the early 1800s, and it, we have it now by precedent, and it's been spread now to every federal judge can throw out any law they want. So that's that's. Isn't that supposed to be the check, the the, the check um, and the balance of the judicial system? The fact that they can uh, review laws to see whether they're constitutional or not? No, that was imposed. That was not part of the original deal. So and how are you supposed were... to find something unconstitutional? Like, for instance, the Alien and Sedition Act. Well, that was never declared unconstitutional. No, okay. And you know that there really isn't a mechanism in there for that. You can appeal. What the appellate jurisdiction is, is to appeal between states when states are are contesting things and when people are suing states or suing the government. You know, and the check on the... the, the if you look at Article 4, which deals with the judiciary, it's the smallest article in the Constitution. And when asked why it was so small, you know, Madison said, well, it's the least important. They're, they can't do very much. So we didn't need to think they needed a whole lot of you know, coverage. Hmm. And and the real check upon the judiciary is the legislature can at any time, they have the power, according to the Constitution, to take anything they want outside the purview of the, the Supreme Court. They could, tomorrow, they could pass a law and say, this uh, abortion is, is outside the purview of the Supreme Court, and Roe versus Wade would be null and void. And, and they would no longer even be able to rule on it because they have the le- they have the constitutional right to do that. But the problem that we're facing totally is that the constitution no longer matters. Now, at my college, I've even petitioned. I petitioned last year to my dean and to the the board of regents of my college. Your professor. That we yes, that we move the study of the constitution from political science to history because it has very little uh, impact upon how the government works. 
It does seem because to... Because I teach political... I teach political science and history, mm-hmm. and I, I made that case to them, but they uh, denied it. Yeah, sure, that's not going to sell. That's yeah. not going to sell to anybody. <laughs> no, they're not going to admit that, you know. But anyhow, that's you know where I come from with the whole with the book, and and what I, you know, I've been politically active all my life. I'm in my sixties. I've been politically active, and I've been actually working in campaigns for over fifty years, and. I've been in the Tea Party movement since it started, and I've the, the the you know watching this thing go. And about a year or so ago, I realized going to different meetings and conventions and stuff. I thought, man, we're just all talking. You know, if something doesn't break the logjam here, a year from now, we're all going to be going to the same kind of meetings, talking to the same people about the same things, which is where we are. Mm-hmm. And and so I I realized that. This is gonna. This situation we're in is so existential. It's so basic that another amendment. I mean, what are we going to do? Pass an amendment that says follow the Constitution and then let the Supreme Court interpret that. You know, or are we going to all get together and elect a whole bunch of new conservative people and send them to Congress so they can, you know, uh, approve the Patriot Act and raise the debt debt ceiling? We're beyond that. We yeah. have to. People have to just wake up that this system is broken. We need a reset button, and we have to to get prepared philosophically and idealistically to move forward from where we're at today, not from where we wish we were or from what we think it should be, but from what is actually going on. I mean, there are demonstrations going on in Chicago today with people on the streets of Chicago chanting that they want socialist government in America. You know, I, uh, let's say let's say I agree with you, Robert, and I do. <laughs> what <laughs> what is this reset button look like? If we were to, to use the landmass that we currently call the United States of America, maybe we cut off uh, Alaska and Hawaii and let them make it on their own. They'll they'll do just fine, I can assure you. Um and if you were to just take this landmass and and say this is the United States of America, we're going to set the reset button. You'd look at the blue states, especially the particularly blue states, where the major metros are, um, and those states would largely want a new constitution that guaranteed the right to, you know, clean drinking water. The not to say I don't like drink clean drinking water. I'm just saying that you know an, a, a right like that would get really weird when trying to implement it. Um, they they have the right to medical care, the right to you know a college education, the right to this, that, and the other. And then you'd have the people in the red states that would. They'd want to make sure that uh, they could outlaw abortion and they'd want to make sure that, uh, you know, that there was no gambling and make sure of all kinds of different things. And between them, I just don't think there's there's much, uh, you know, uh, much uh, room to agree on anything. Well, you know, and the real problem is the blue states aren't really blue and the red states aren't really red. I mean, if you look like at New York, which is a blue state carried all the time by the Democrats. But then look at upstate New York. Yeah. They don't agree with that stuff. Sure. You know, or you, you come to, to Virginia, we're basically 50-50. We're going one way or the other. I mean, it isn't going to be like in this the time of the Civil War where 11 states went away together. Yeah. It's everybody everywhere against everybody everywhere else not agreeing. This is the problem we have. There is no 
there's very low sexualism, like maybe Montana or Wyoming or Idaho, someplace like that might be, uh, or maybe New Hampshire. I don't know. You know I don't think might... New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire is a pretty darn purple state. Um, yeah, you know, I'd really. say that our our liberals are less liberal and our conservatives are less conservative that they tend to be that they both tend to skew a little more libertarian here but uh-huh. I, you know i i it it's not homogenous right and look at look at like maine i mean they elect republicans but look at them yeah <laughs> Give they, breaks, you know, the purplest you know, republicans guys, i've ever seen <laughs> yeah i mean so this is a big it is a big problem and and my you know i come from that that nobody's as smart as everybody so I don't want to. <laughs> I I, I would actually disagree. I'd say that nobody's as dumb as everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that could be too, you know. But what I I mean by that is that I, I'm pointing out what I think is is the wake up call. The idea that this thing's broke. It's not working. We can be nostalgic about it all we want, but it's not working anymore. I I feel called to make that clarion call to my generation. And I offer suggestions, but I don't say this is the solution. My suggestion personally is I think we should go back to the Articles of Confederation, you know, of sovereign states bound together with common interests and maybe tweak it a little bit like they wanted to. That's what they remember the Constitutional Convention was not called to be a Constitutional Convention. They had no legal right to do what they did. Mm. They were called together to be a committee to uh, propose amendments to the Articles of Confederation. Right. And when they got together, they just locked the doors and said, we're writing a whole new thing. We're going to make and something new. On their own, right. And then they, on their own authority, put it out for ratification. And because George Washington and so many, you know, well-respected so people were there, everybody just went along with it. Yeah. You know. And there was no legal authority to do that. As a matter of fact, you could actually call it a counter-revolution. Because the government, you know, we're taught, we've been taught and indoctrinated for 200 years. The winner's right history. And for 200 years, we've been taught that the Articles of Confederation were just an abject failure. Well, this abject failure fought and won the revolution. They're the ones who established the United States as an independent country. They're the ones who established our relationships with all the rest of the world. They, you know, they're the ones who established the laws by which every other subsequent state was ever added to the Union. I mean, they did a lot of things that were not total failure. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and, the- and so I personally, I think a, a union of sovereign states, but we have, you know, some really big problems there. If we have a breakdown at all, which it's hard to believe isn't coming, China's not just going to sit on their hands and, you know, other countries are not just going to sit still and say, well, we'll give America all the time they need to get their act together, you know. Uh, So we've got some basic, we've got some real, real interesting times coming. Yeah, you know, the, the, the fact is that um, when, you know, for one, when com- countries have problems, other countries take advantage of that in whatever fashion they can. I mean, that's kind of the it's the the law of the jungle when it comes to sovereign states out there like that. 
and and also that it looks like the Federal Reserve is spending this government to an, into insolvency. If it's not the Federal Reserve, it's the it's Washington D.C. Somewhere between those two, um, you know, we've got a real disaster on our hands. I'd love to see the federal government just willingly give up its uh, uh, it, the power that it has over the average American man and woman in the states and the in the fifty sovereign states. But it just seems so uh, remarkably unlikely. I mean, I just I. For me, I don't have much hope. It seems like empires rise and empires fall, and there's not much that one can do about that. Well, so I was in a class today, and I was talking to this political science class, and I was talking about the national debt. And, you know, these they're made basically young people, you know, in college, and they're, they're, they're saying, okay, so, you know, how are we ever going to pay off this, this debt, all these trillions and trillions of dollars? And I told him, I said, no one in the history of the world has ever paid off a debt that is the size of the one we have, except for one way. They inflate their way out of it. They just print money and say, okay, we owe you $15 trillion. Here's 15 trillion pieces of paper that used to be worth something. You know, and, and they said, well, okay, if we can do that, why don't we just do that? And I told him, I said, the problem is that between paying it off, printing the money and then paying off, the economy totally collapses in the middle. The yeah. whole thing falls apart. Yeah, I think... You know. the- I, I, I don't know how they're – I imagine what they're probably going to see is that they the the folks in Washington know they can't uh, inflate the currency like that. The, Federal, the Fed is scared of doing such a thing. Uh, rightly so. Thank goodness they're scared of doing such a thing. And they're going to find themselves um, in a situation where the, you just have a um, – you know the, the dollar slowly peters away as the world's reserve currency. Once that does, then you're going to have all those dollar bills floating around in the international marketplace. They're going to return to – the roost and then once you do you've got yourself an inflationary spiral at that point and i don't know how they're ever going to deal with that but do you know that timothy geithner is right now going around the world and he is discussing getting a new reserve currency he's the one initiating the discussions well what's the um which ones is he um what is he referring to drafts from the they want a u.n a u.n currency i see you imagine that no, I can't. I I, I want to oh. know the guy that uh, I, I want to know. I, nobody I ever elected was in the U.N. No, I know it. Well, we have a president now who has set the precedent. You don't have to go to Congress. You go to the U.N. Mm. And, and nobody's they're not. If they don't impeach him over this, if they don't say call him on the carpet and say, shut him down, it is now precedent. Any president can go to war anytime they want. They don't need Congress. We, the precedent is that if they don't stop it right there, that's it. It's just like the the thing with uh, the uh, lawsuits about buying, forcing us to buy uh, insurance, and that it's against the law if we don't. The whole thing is if they can make not taking an action breaking the law, what is left that they can't legislate? If not doing something is now illegal, what is left? It's frightening. And it's just, it's the same thing with this. If they can, a president can just declare a war like he's a, a divine right king or something, what, what is Congress? They've just abdicated their total power. Yeah. Robert, please pitch, pitch your book uh, for folks that uh, have en- enjoyed this interview. I think that uh, I, I haven't had a chance to read the book myself, but after talking to you right now, 
I'm excited about reading it. It sounds well, to me like I'm going to learn some things that I'm going to be able to use on the air for uh, people that uh, you know tend to feel, uh, you know, like y- you and I have talked about. Um, you, you seem to feel similarly as, as me. T- tell tell people tell me how people can get the book. Well, it's, it's the Constitution failed by Dr. Robert Owens, or it's actually Robert R. Owens, PhD, on the book, and. It's at Amazon.com. You can get it at BarnesandNoble.com, just about anywhere online. Just put in the Constitution failed. It'll pop right up. And it's set up in such a way, I call it, what I write is, I call it the history of the future. That's what current events are. And I write about current events. And it's called Dispatches from the History of the Future is the subtitle. And it's broken up into about 52 chapters. Now, except for the introduction and the conclusion, each chapter is about two or three pages long, or an essay. Mm-hmm. And each one is based on a current event from the last two years that is set in historical and constitutional context. Mm. And when you read through them in a progression, it brings you to the conclusion the Constitution failed. This thing is no longer working. And then it moves on into my suggestions and, and, a, and a conclusion. And it does have a section where it talks about the arguments of the anti-federalists, because it's so amazing that uh, the arguments and the warnings of the anti-federalists are exactly what we're experiencing. And now, if anybody goes to YouTube and just puts in The Constitution Failed, there's also a trailer for the book. Oh, neat. That's that's pretty well, really well done, and I think it expresses very well the, the content of the book. So just the Constitution failed. You can type it in on YouTube or go to Amazon.com, and it's right there. And if anybody gets it, my email address, everything is on there. I also have a website. It's uh, Dr. Robert Owens, Dr. Robert Owens, all one word, dot com. And every week I have a new article up there. My articles are in about 200 different publications around the world every week. And, but my home site there, it's called The History of the Future at drrobertowens.com. Uh, there's a new article up every week and also all my contact information, you know, and I'd love to hear from anybody. I love to hear from people. I, and I, luckily, I get to hear from people all around the world about these things. Very good. Thank you, Dr. Owens, and uh, uh, keep up the good work. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me on. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. 